<laughs> very strong lungs around here. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. Uh, okay, another heritage. Tough puff pass. Tough puff pass. She is stoned. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. None of this is good. Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Man, them studies. You make weed look so uncool. Well, if you want to be like me, a loser, go ahead and smoke. I'm a supporter of human beings. What? Beings. What? What? Beings. Oh, yeah. Supporting human beings. And doing other things. Here from FEMA Region 7 on this beautiful May Day, the 30th, in fact, 2023. We're getting this bowl lit. It is episode 248 of Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you are hanging out in the bowl, which makes you a bowler. Welcome, bowler. So glad to have you with us tonight. Hope you're feeling all right. We've been uh, been feeling all right ourselves. Most indeed. Little this and that. Uh, it's like a birthday bonanza. I mean, I know that every day is somebody's birthday, but goddamn, this is the season, man. This is the season where it just feels like it's all popping off. Gemini season, baby. Gemini season. Twinning around. Uh, little John had his second. Yes, it was John's birthday Friday. So that was a fun little little dealio. Yeah, we took him on an adventure into the city, to the train station. Because who doesn't love trains? Good for all ages. Yeah. And Union Station is crazy. They've got model trains, Lego trains. You can walk over there from Crown Center which has a toy store and a candy factory, all sorts of cool stuff. And Science City is there, and we have a membership. Yep. So, partied hard, had some barbecue, got the only waiter wearing a mask. That was fun. Yeah. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. I'm looking around. No one is wearing a mask except for our waiter. Not a patron, not another staff member, nobody. Why? (laughs) I don't know. That can't be a great strategy. I, For such a, like, uh, the face is the money maker when you're bussing tables, you know? Yeah. And it kind of felt like he was just so withdrawn, you know? I think it just, the psychological aspect of being behind that fucking cloth, it just, it definitely imp- impedes your ability to provide, like, great friendly service. Yeah. It's some sort of dissociation. Or that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. 
He wasn't much of an eye contact maker either. No. And that's all that you have when your mouth is covered with a mask. Yeah. Because I can't look at your lips to try and read them. And it wasn't, yeah, like it was just not picking up on cues. Like he filled the, the waters when they got a little low. And that was it. Yeah. Didn't... I had to ask like other people for sauces and shit like that. Yeah, the manager came over at one point because we were looking around for our sauce. Always a bad deal when the table's looking around. Especially if you're at a place like Jack's Tech where there's just like, there's not a lot to look around at the walls. I mean, it's a big, beautiful old freight house that's been converted. So it's like high, you know, real wood beams and high ceilings. And there are some interesting things on the walls, but it's not like one of those. Uh, Cracker barrel. Yeah. Where it's just loaded just have with like stuff. Oodles and scads of shit on the wall to look at. But, you know, food's still tasty. What can you do? Table 10's looking around. Quick, go over there. See what they need. Help, I'll do it. Help them out right meow. Yeah, she did too. Mm-hmm. We got our sauce. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And it's such a fun adventure, Crown Center to Union Station to Jack Stack, because you can walk it all. Yeah, it's all connected with those Skylinks and shit. Yeah, the links. So the kids love that. It seems like a really long distance for their little legs. Mm-hmm. And mine. It's good. It gives them the workouts. That's right. The, pep, and then, the peps and the steps. Yeah, we were on the hunt for an ice cream cake, <laughs> but decided to just get scoops of ice cream instead. They really want a lot of money for them things. They do. They're proud of their ice cream cakes. Dang it. I need some more prep time, and then I'll just make my own dang ice cream cake. Yeah. Because, yeah, they, it was like $20 for the teeny tiny one. It's like 25 like Four slices. Four slices. Yeah, what are you going to do? Just get ice cream scoops mm-hmm. for way less money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then uh, John had birthday 2.0 on Saturday because we met up with your sister mm-hmm. at Super Flea. Super Flea is the greatest. Words can't even describe this place. It's awesome. It's in an old Montgomery Ward building. And you just don't know what you're going to find there. But also know, whatever you're looking for is there. They've got all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah. It was a little more sparse than the last time I went. Yeah, they're in the middle of like uh, restructuring and... um, Someone mentioned new ownership, too. mm -hmm. So that just flips the tables on everything. Yeah, things like the food court were not there, but... uh... Yeah, and I wondered if that went away during the... Rona times. I don't think so, but I don't know. Like, I haven't been there in a few years, so I can't really say with authority, but it didn't feel that way. Yeah. I don't know. There were some original sellers still there. Mm-hmm. There was an adult shop there now. Yeah, that thing was lame. Y- you went in, and I stayed out with the kids. Lame, huh? Yeah. You didn't take very long. No, it wasn't very big. John really wanted to get in there. <laughs> They have the door shut, but it's surrounded by string lights, so it really does flash and stand out at you. You're like, oh, that looks like the fun place. Yeah. I had to be like, no, no. It's way more fun looking on the outside. Uh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, well. But we got lots of treasures. Yeah, we did. Uh, we were looking at one booth, and John had walked off and found himself the perfect little chair. He sat down in a chair, so we ended up uh, getting that. That was just cute. He's such a silly guy. He loves chairs and hats, man. 
the golf carts, I didn't think we would ever convince him like, hey, we can't sit in the golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> it's for employees, man. Yep. Mm. I had baby Sam in the little strap pack on my chest. So that way I can walk around with my boob out feeding him and not have to use my hands. And Superflea was the first time that someone has approached me about it. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I know you were talking to someone else, but this old guy came up to me and he was like, I'm sure you can find an office or something to do that in. I was like, I'm good. Thanks, though. <laughs> it was just funny. I thought, oh, oh Jesus. my boob is making him uncomfortable. Did you find the office? Yeah. I'm sure there's an office you can sit in to stare at walls. Yeah. And then Sunday was the Fletcher and Blaney's Music Jams and Poetry Slams. Yeah, no doubt. Which I guessed it on. That was cool. Yeah, and Fletcher debuted the song that uh, I collaborated with him on. That turned out really sweet, man. Yeah, it did. And there's so many talented people out there that contributed things. Hey Citizen, Abel Kirby, Tom Starkweather. Mm -hmm. We read from Emmy Andrew Jones' book, read some of your poetry from <laughs> the olden days. Jeez, that was crazy. Yeah, that was a flashback for you. Before you had met me. My 19-year-old poetry, oh my God. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then wrapped up Sunday with the Bulls with Buds. Oh, yeah. With the good Rev Doc Pfeiffer. Yeah, that was a good chat. Yeah, it was a great time. Overdue. We've hung out with him twice now in person. That's right. And once in the Bull. Yeah, I've been uh, talking with him for a few weeks. I was just like, but pulled the trigger on it because he was like, oh, I'm pretty free most of these days. So I was like, hey, how about this one? This day. How about the 28th? <laughs> yep. it, it was like the 26th. I was like, how about the 28th? Perfect. Yeah, I remember last bowl, you're like, we tentatively have a bowls with buds. Mm -hmm. And then we did. And that was awesome. Great way to spend a Sunday night with our buds in the bowl. Yeah, check it out at uh, bullswithbuds.com for that one and all the other bowls with buds interview style shows that we do. Yeah, and I'm going to have a link in the show notes to all these shows I'm mentioning. Uh, today, we had another adventure at Union Station. Because we have memberships, so right. you got to use them. And they have a Spider-Man exhibit coming through, so we went there. That was fun. That was interesting. They had a lot of original artwork. Yeah. Some of the very old comics, but they were. I noticed they were in poor condition. There was one that was really nice. They had like a Amazing Spider-Man number one that was pretty slick. That's epic. Or actually, no. They had a, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man one they had, and it was like a 1.5 grade or something. It was like... Yeah, I it, thought it was it like was issue number three. But the the one they had that was pretty good was, uh, I don't know, Stan Lee and a couple other guys made this comic that had a bunch of weird monsters and it was, like, said to be one of the precursors to the whole Spider-Man concept. It was, like, this spider got into a lab and got ex overexposed to radiation, and then it became, like, super big and superhuman and super angry. Yeah, that was cool. It's like some weird spider monster thing. Giant spider. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, going through all the developments in the Spideyverse, all the new artists hopping on and what they brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, from there, I went to the, the Casey Bitcoiners meetup. Yes, at, how at was that? At the bar. It was good. It was fun. The bar. Which bar? 
The bar. The bar. Yeah, the one in Mission. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Called the bar. Great name for a place. You want to go to the bar? Yeah, dude. Um, It's a nice spot. Spacious. We've it, had meetups there before. It is, yeah. And people, a lot of people live in that area that come to meetups, and they can just walk over to the bar. Yeah, turnout just seems to be really great when you do something down there. So that was nice. Uh, I guess I'll have more about it in the in the shit stain. Yeah. But uh, mostly the same old, you know. Yeah. Discussions and such. We had free tickets to the planetarium today, too. That's right. Yeah, planetarium. That thing is fun. You yep. c- if you go to the planetarium, you got to be like one of the first ones in the door because they have four humongous uh, like beanbag cushions, but they're not beanbags. Like, it's an actual cushion thing. And uh, family size fit me and all the kids on it. You could have fit on there too if we would have made effort, but you were like, I'm gonna sit in the chair. Yeah, I was feeding Sam the whole time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie was corny as hell. Yeah, it's like all planetarium shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was really corny. You ever been to other planetariums? Yeah, in Boston, it's always like, uh, it was m- we gotta what? force some kind of weird storyline. See, what I remember about the planetarium was much more, it was. A lot drier than that. Mm. It was like something you would watch on Discovery. Whatever. Sure. Like, this is space. Just all facts. Think about how never-ending and wild it is. Now let's zoom in here, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, this one, we were riding a spaceship, and the spaceship was having malfunctions, and the girl that was the tour guide of space was new on the job. And it was like the year 2098. Yeah, so they were making fun of our cell phones. Yeah, it was pretty campy. It was incredibly campy i thought it was funny when we toured the moon they were like you can't see the moon base because it's underneath the surface and i was like ah very old moon base yeah i caught that too (laughs) it's kind of funny but here's the footprint you can't see it but i promise when you zoom in it's there yeah yeah i got a i got a footprint to leave (laughs) yeah oh Uh, so man jam-packed it has been jam-packed bowling days has been jam-packed uh, but we keep on rolling. That's right. Keep on rolling, not missing a Tuesday. And that's thanks to all the bowlers out there who keep us going. Show after show, bowl after bowl. With their time, with their talent, with their treasure. We're talking value for value, good folks out there. And, uh, that's how we do things. We just put the shows out. We do bowls with buds whenever we can throw them together. We do bowl after bowl every Tuesday night, right around meow. And, uh, we just ask that you try it out, check it out. And if you enjoy it, you know, evaluate the value you get from the show and return that in some way. And we always like to thank the bullers who send in uh, their treasure value right here up front at the beginning of the show because that's how much we appreciate it. We think it's one of the most important aspects of the whole thing. And uh, I did notice that a new recurring payment was set up Ooh. from none other than the Reverend Cyber Trucker. Oh, thanks, Rev. So we very much appreciate that. He set up a 420 monthly stonation, uh, which is really great because the, a lot of the infrastructure that we run off of, including this live stream, if you're listening live right now, uh, all of that's auto-deducted from that very same PayPal. And so we definitely appreciate those monthly uh, contributions. You help keep the live stream on and the website hosted and all of those uh, little expenses that add up month by month. We very much appreciate that. We also have, as the uh, pins contend to, or contest to, I don't know, 
know what the fuck I'm talking about. That sound means that there's uh, a new money coming through. We're talking about little pieces of Bitcoin, Satoshis, zooming in over the Lightning Network to our own nodes right here in the bowl running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can send little micro boosts. Uh, you can attach a message to them. We call them boostograms. And uh, lots of bowlers love to give value back that way, including six days ago as we were fading out the show. I'd say like six days, 22 hours ago or something like that. It was Harv Hat. Harv Hat, thank you. Or Delineator. That's right. 1420 sats out of CurioCaster as, uh, as we were fading the show out. Very much appreciate that. You got to pump people up for the boostograms. We have a jingle. You are absolutely right. What am Plus, I you got to mention you got to take all your clothes off and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Get yourself a value-enabled podcast player so you can join the fun. You got to do it. Live I'm produce the show. To, I'm going to boost some sets. I've got 40000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. You're right. Hey, I'm, citizen. I'm such a poor hype man. It's all right. That's why Hey Citizen is around. That's why, that's why Hey Citizen is around. Speaking of the devil, he did boost us the very next day out of Podverse. All Can right. you believe it? I uh, can. Thanks, he, Hey Citizen. He gave us that. 69! 69, dudes! Woo! And uh, he said, hey, listening live from the day after, which is another way to listen live, by the way. Uh, getting wasted on overworking and lack of sleep. Drifting into a sexy daydream. Ooh. Uh, by the soothing sound of rock on, smoke on, mwah. I think he means... Uh, rock on, smoke on, mwah. Only to be re- rudely returned to reality by the ordinal pain in the chain. Uh, Wait, where am I? With a shrug emoji as the punctuation. Incredible. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate all you do. A truly valuable bowler. No doubt. A well-rounded gentleman. Uh, next up was Dame Trail Chicken. Oh, buck buck. And uh, she sent 7777 sats out of the Fountain app. Thank you. She said, ho now now. Ho now now. Dolphin emoji. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. Thank you, Dame. Uh, then we had a lot of boosts showing up from the uh, Hog Story music jams and poetry slams. Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, I, I assume this must mean we each had a, a split on this. We did indeed. So we appreciate that, Fletcher and Carolyn, for splitting us up on that. Uh, hey Citizen boosted that episode and said, Music is the wine that fills the cup of silence. How profound. Truly. And then uh, Sir TJ the Wrathful, who uh, guested on the two-hour folk hour that same day, last Sunday, he threw 50,000 sats into the ring from Podverse and said, rock on, my friends. Hell yeah. Pretty much appreciate. And then a nine grand boost out of Fountain from NetNed. And NetNed said, great show. Uh, that was back to the bowl after bowl situation. So appreciate that. Then we had a bunch of live boosts that came in while we were talking to the great Rev Dr. Pfeiffer, which we did read on the uh, show. You can check it out like we mentioned before at uh, bowlswithbuds.com. Which Harv had also was the delineator on that. 3,003 sats was the last boost to that. Again on the fade out. So if you ever hear that pin crash at the end of the show, you can bet that's probably Harv hat sneaking one in at the end, which we greatly appreciate. 
Always perfectly timed, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sir Nubbin hopped in there with a 40 sat boost out of Curiocaster as well. Nice. Thanks, Sir Nubbin. He was hanging out in the bowl Sunday night. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, new bowler in the new bowler on the block. Hope he uh, keeps nubbing around. A thousand sats came in from NetNet out of Fountain the next day. Uh, he said this is a boobies boost. Yeah, boobies. So Thanks, NetNet. We appreciate those uh, boobies very much. In fact, uh, what do I got? Did you see her breasts? There we go. Yes. Knew I, I knew I had something. <laughs> oh, a big boost out of uh, Podverse from our good friend Comic Strip Blogger. Oh, Comic Strip. Comic Strip. Comic Strip Blogger. Comic Strip. Oh, you dropped it. Yeah, Podverse. I uh, forget how it goes. 16969. <laughs> uh, he says... Why does you motherfuckers talking shit about AI? <laughs> Why does we? Why does us because motherfuckers talking shit about AI? We's can. I think uh, this is the strongest case for comic strip blogger being AI himself that I've seen thus far. Many cases have been made, but uh, I think if the AI is sentient enough to boost the show then uh, I, I welcome these developments. And uh, we thank you. Thank you for your boost. <laughs> I think uh, we were talking uh, with Pfeiffer about uh, some of the AI talk, and it was just kind of perplexing how there seems to be kind of like blinders and hyper-focus on AI just means chat GPT and LLMs kind of in general. And then everything else is sort of, it, you know, it's like this new thing. Yep. Whereas we've had, you know, predictive text and... Um, developers using visual studio or using intellisense like every day for years and years and uh it's just kind of um there's this hype machine that you can really feel building that feels well dare i say it artificial uh but yeah and the flip side is the science fiction fear-mongering that yeah. people suffer from right people saying like this is skynet and this ai and is gonna like, take over the world mm. humans will be the slaves of the ai it's like hmm Mm. Doubt. I mean, there's slaves to the phone already. Yeah. Yes. So there's that. But yes, uh, we appreciate you, comic strip blogger. We talk shit to poke at the AI to build its sentience. That's right. We're helping it uh, make it stronger. That's right. Sticks and stones, AI. That's right. <laughs> Control all delete. Uh, Fountain app comes in next. Mary Kate Ultra sending that sweet. Sixty nine. Sixty nine, dudes. Oh, thanks, Mary-Kate Ultra. Happen to be partial uh, to that number. And to that booster who says, gotta get in a little of that pre-boost action. She's boosting, that's right, pre-boosting the live show out of the Fountain app. I see you, Fountain. Live item. Enabled, launched. Lots of uh, promo and PR going about that. Talk a little bit about that when we wrap this segment up. But uh, love what I'm seeing over there. It's been... uh, a long time coming. And uh, if you've been following the bull for any amount of time, you know that we've been eagerly awaiting this development, let's say. Yeah, you have been a squeaky wheel about it. I have been a squeaky wheel, and boy, did I get some grease over it. <laughs> uh, 4269 sats from Harv Hat. That came out of CurioCaster about 30 minutes ago. Very nice. When we take the stream over and send that pod ping out and tell the world we're live officially, he usually hops in and gets the boosts rolling. So we always appreciate that. He's like the alpha and the omega boost for each show. And uh, that's pretty kick-ass. We appreciate you, Harvat. Yeah, when the bull gets lit and when the bull is cashed. That's right. 
you can count on him to be there on each end of it. Uh, 69, 69 once again. 69! 69, dudes! This one from Hey Citizen out of Podverse. Uh, he says, calling occupants of interplanetary craft. <laughs> he's, he's putting the message out. He's pinging that. Worldwide. All across the galaxy. Yes. The call has been sent. Appreciate that. Uh, three, two, one, zero. That's a blast off boost from In4VX at NoAgendaSocial.com. Our buddy In4VX. All right. Thanks, In4VX. Boosting that CurioCaster uh, live item. He says, countdown to getting lit. In the bowl, friends. Well, in the bowl. In the bowl to you, sir. Appreciate you. Love you. Glad to have you. Weirdo's up next with 10 grand out of Fountain. All right. Thanks, Weirdo. Appreciate you, Weirdo. He says, the bowl is lit. It's his indeed. You can smell it all the way down the block, man. There's, lit and loud. There's no mistaking when that bowl sparks up. Uh, 33-33 next. That's also coming out of Podverse from Servo. Oh, thank you, Servo. No note, just knocking some pins down. Appreciate you. And uh, finally, the one you just heard about five minutes ago, coming in from our very own Bowley Steed. Bowley, thank you. She's boosting from Fountain, and she says, I'm here for the shit stain education. Insert Hey Citizen song. <laughs> oh, um. Nice. Yes. She's got the reminder in there. I'm gonna boost some stats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, there we go. That makes up for it, right? I'm gonna drop it twice. It's so nice I dropped it twice. So nice. God, I love it. I love it. Thank you, bowlers, for all of the boosts and all the love and support. We really appreciate it. It uh, just keeps the cycle fed. Keeps the cycle fed. And uh, if you've never boosted before, if you've never contributed before, but you find you're still listening week after week, bowl after bowl, we invite you to give it a little consideration. You can always click the donate button at the bottom of bowlafterbowl.com, send in a PayPal donation, or set yourself up a monthly recurring one. Or like Lorian mentioned, you could just take it all off and go to nudepodcastapps.com, pick you out a nice one, and start boosting. It's fucking awesome. But you don't even have to go directly to that. You can start small. There's a lot of other ways to send in value. That's right. The simplest of all is just passing the bowl to someone you think will enjoy it. Cool bowlers only. That's a given, though. Yeah. You're a bowler, so you're cool. You know what I mean. You don't want to upset somebody and get the cops called on you. Well, yeah, it's like we're living in a post-legal world in some places in the United States, most of them. But you remember the safety meetings. Still got to play it like that. That's right. You can also send art, jingles, news stories, or... Nude stories. Yeah, nude stories uh, are very special to us. <laughs> you can also leave us a voicemail answering our weekly first time I ever topic. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you... Ever were the oldest person in the room. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 And the play of force will long. Bowl 
That's right. We'll play it. We don't screen them beforehand, so anything goes in the bowl voicemail. And if you're voice shy or have poor reception, you can send us a text message and maybe attach a picture. That's right. All of that works. It's all valid and all is received happily by that phone number, 816-607-3663, as some bowlers already have gotten and, their voicemails in. And it's all value. That's correct. It's all a contribution. You may say, hey, I don't have no monies. Hey, I don't know how to Bitcoin a thing. It's all good. Hang out. Hang out for a while. Get a feel for it. Sing a song. Do a dance. Uh, pass the bowl. You will pick it up in no time flat, I guarantee it. And uh, for those of you wondering, what the hell uh, all of this Bitcoin node nonsense is all about, we have a special segment just for you. Oh yeah, do you really want to build a node? I do. I want to build another node. Mm, yeah, you want to... Uh, a beefier node. Try, you want to try to build one of those uh, start night embassy... Uh, what did Adam say? It was like... The, oh, yeah, the uh, professional umbral. The professional version of umbral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how the fickle winds blow. Um, My umbral is doing just fine. It's funny, like, I think people get into the node thing and then, you know, things happen behind the scenes and, like, the less you have to do yourself and the more you have to do through a user interface, like, the less you really understand what's going on and so it just becomes, um, my, this OS that I use crapped out on me. When it really could be, like, a specific service failing or it could be a local internet connection or it could be, you know, so many different things. And, uh, it's just interesting, I... It's the toughest part for me about uh, giving advice at node running is when other people come to me with a problem I've never experienced on a node implementation that I've never run. Mm. And it's just really like, hmm, I don't know, man. You're going to have to uh, dive in there. Get under the hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to have to, uh, I, don't, I don't know. If you're prepared to hear this, it's going to hurt. But you may have to read some documentation. <laughs> I know, I know. It's fucking too much. But uh, it's, it's, it's where all good journeys start, over there in the docks with uh, half of your hair pulled out onto the floor. Uh, speaking of nodes and uh, not speaking of pulling your hair out on the floor, R- Raspy Blitz has rolled out a ne- their next major update, uh, version 1.9, which they, I'm sure by pure coincidence, released about Two hours after we signed off last Tuesday. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so. So you're waiting to update after this bowl? Yeah, that's right. I had some time on Friday, and then I sat down, I looked and thought about it real hard, and I was like, you know. Because uh, every time I redo the node, there's some custom stuff of my own that I've got to re-put into place. So the way Raspy Blitz works, which is the node implementation I run, uh, is everything is flashed to an SD card, the main uh, operating system. It's all Debian-based. And uh, if you already have a previous node set up, your entire node's database and data structure all lives on an external uh, solid-state drive. And so when you update or when you fuck things up, like I have a few times, and you have to reflash and just recover your entire node, what you do is you 
write a fresh version of the operating system to a little micro SD card, pop it into your Raspberry Pi, and you turn it on, everything boots up, and then it looks at that uh, connected drive and it goes, oh, there's some shit on here. Would you like to restore your node based on the shit you have on here? And you say, heck yeah, I would. Puts everything back, all this shit that you have installed. You know, I've got uh, Bitcoin Core and I've got Lightning running, but I've also got things like Helipad. Um, tunnels or so- tunnel sets and LN bits. Well, there? so I run tunnel sets to be able to have a clear node address so that I don't have to just hide behind the Tor network, which is slow and not super reliable. So uh, I've found a lot higher uptime uh, with my tunnel sets implementation. Um, so that part's been nice, but when you, when I reflash, I have to put all that back together. So I have to, uh, reactivate tunnel sets and the, and the VPS. Mm. I also have to turn, uh, the boost bat back, uh, boost bot back on. I have to reinstall it and turn it on and get it back into the chat room. And I have to, uh, update the helipads, custom bowling pin crashing sound, which, uh, right. Very rudimentary. Um, Blueberry over there behind the schemes is putting me to absolute shame with all the awesome custom uh, boost sounds he's got rolling in there. The, oh yeah, with the IR cacophony. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It is. He's working with uh, Servo to really make an awesome boosting experience over there, uh, which we will someday um, try to kind of halfway catch up with. But uh, he's always doing incredible work on the front lines of the scissor swinging. And yeah, so I figured, well, you know, I, I know I have to do all of this bullshit if I upgrade, so I'm just going to wait because I knew we had the Pfeiffer on Sunday and then tonight, so I'll probably be doing that tomorrow, uh, upgrading to 1.9, and uh, I'll have much more to report next week after I try it all out, get everything put back together, and uh, get back online. Uh, what else is going on here? So there it goes tomorrow. There it goes tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my day. That's my day. No, it'll... All work. Most of it's just hanging around, waiting for it to install itself, you know. Yeah. Just a lot of waiting involved. Syncing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of syncing up, I synced up with the KC Bitcoiners earlier tonight at the bar over in Mission, Kansas. Yeah, you did. KCBitcoiners.com is the website there, so you can check out all the upcoming meetings. And yeah, we had a a great time. Um, One of our members, Chris, had uh, attended the Miami Bitcoin conference and had tales to uh tell oh cool he put together uh i guess they had some kind of bitcoin games and so he put together a a a team that represented the kc bitcoiners there and almost made it to the final round i think they got to the semifinals dang that's awesome it seemed pretty fun though they had like a they had a round of chess they had uh i don't know a few different uh interesting contests one of them was uh building a seed signer and um you know, a race to build the fastest seed signer. So that hmm. was, uh, all sounded pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, let me see what the next meeting is. You also went to the coffee with I, Bitcoiners meeting on Friday. I did last Friday. Before John's birthday shenanigans. It looks like the next, uh, meeting is on my birthday, uh, Bitcoin and coffee. So I probably will not be able to attend that one. And then there is a Wednesday, June 14th, uh, Beers with Bitcoiners at Chicken and Pickle up there in North Kansas City, which has also been pretty well attended the last few times. So Nice. Yeah, I hear that's a fun spot. I still fun. haven't been there. It's a, good, uh, it's a good spot. It's a good time. Never have I ever pickled. 
well, you shall pickle someday. Oh, uh, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about Wave Lake because I guess really I'm uh, rescinding my uns- uh, well, my private agreement I had with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Very private. To uh, just shut the fuck up and wait for Wave Lake to uh, not be such a walled garden, but. Um, between their appearance on the podcasting 2.0 and between um, uh, a few other events that have taken place over the past few months, I just feel like I can no longer just wait around and shut up um, about their approach to decentralized music or value for value music. And while they talk a good game and they've made uh, some good compelling blog posts on the system of value for value music and, why it's cool and rad and everything, and while they have actually got a mechanism that artists can onboard without writing any code themselves, uh, the big issue I have and, and, and why you can't find Stay a While by Abel and the Wolf in Wave Lake is because in order to appear in the Wave Lake system, you must upload your MP3s to Wave Lake. And through that process, they build you out a custom feed that they control... Uh, with a wallet that they are custodian over that you can make withdrawals from after they take 10%. Mm. And um, no splits. There's no splits available. There's no lyrics available. There's like a few features that we introduced when we published our album two Christmas Eves ago that were really crucial to the whole concept uh, of our album. And we have agreements in place with all the people that made us art for the various tracks on that. And so, you know, if we went over to Wave Lake, we would not have a way to programmatically honor those agreements. Um, so the the funny thing about the walled garden system that uh, Wave Lake represents is, you know, their blog posts, it uh, purports to want to pull out the middlemen in the music industry and uh, give power back to this thing between artists and uh, their fans. But as it stands currently in the system that they have currently in place, really they're just usurping the middleman and and inserting themselves in that position for a 10% cut. And I'm not saying necessarily that the 10% number is outrageous in particular, uh, especially if they're providing the hosting and if they're providing the feed and everything. But what I am concerned about is that there's no alternative. And so their content isn't walled in that you can still get Wave Lake artists on other platforms. All one has to do after they upload to Wave Lake is to let the podcast index know that they have a feed over there. And then that will now be surfaced in places like uh, LN Beats, in places like Fountain and CurioCaster and all of the nude podcast apps. But if you boost a Wave Lake artist in Fountain or in CurioCaster, that boost goes to the custom Wave Lake feed that's been made for you, and that 10% cut is still in play, mm-hmm. no matter where the, the boost comes from. So they really have created for themselves this monopoly that kind of cuts against the grain of the whole point of this thing. Yeah. Which I hate. It just, it just rubs me the wrong way, and I can no longer just be content to be told, you know, and, and what really got me first rethinking uh shutting the fuck up about it is when they were on podcasting 2.0 and they were specifically asked about self-hosted feeds and they're like well you know 
we don't see it as a priority. Like only one person that I can think of is asked about it. And I was like, oh shit, oh. I wonder who that is. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Called out. So it's, it's just not decentralized. There's a decentralized choke point that you must go through to appear in wave Lake. And, in, and as long as that's still in play, uh, you're hosed. Uh, there was one guy who happened to be a music teacher and uh, was getting a lot of his students to upload to Wave Lake. He was like, Wave Lake and Bitcoin, they're like the answer to what we've been looking for. Yeah. And so there was a bunch of music put on. And then he logged on to make a withdrawal and he was blocked by IP address location because he happens to be a music teacher in Russia. Oh my God. So, oh, you're in Russia? No, no, no. You cannot withdraw. No. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, that makes me angry because Bitcoin is freedom. Bitcoin Bitcoin is supposed to be borderless and past all that. Bitcoin and other protocols like podcasting 2.0 and the whole concept of decentralization already fix this if the implementation is followed. And so when we published Stay a While, our hope was that we would give artists kind of a use case to look at for how to publish and how to incorporate all these features live live lyrics while you're listening uh, in an srt file using the transcript tag things like that uh, agreements that you can make on your own without any lawyers without any record companies saying i get this percent you get this percent you get this percent forever yeah and forever it's right and there ever. in the feed it's right there in your rss feed uh and so abel and i our hope was to kind of plant that flag on the music side and say this is how you put an album out and our hope was that music apps would develop within that ecosystem of podcasting 2.0 and not like reinvent a new wheel with half the features and, and this kind of monopolization. So hopefully that changes. I don't know what little old me can really do about it in the short term other than uh, I'm not going to shut up about it anymore. That's all. Yeah. That's all. One person asking for RSS integration. Yeah. And that's you. And that I think that my biggest sin over this whole thing is that just by me not talking about it, I think a lot of people just straight up don't know that this is going on. You know? Yeah. They just hear like, oh, a wave lake and a top 10 chart and oh, it's cool. It's getting hyped. And um, V for V music. I think we need to be really careful about, oh, just because it works, like how does it work? Is it really um, working in a way that matches up with our values and that matches up with the ecosystem we're actually trying to build. Does it talk the talk and walk the walk? And frankly, from where I'm sitting right now, Wave Lake does not walk the walk. So just a little disappointing, but uh, hopefully this will change over time. I don't think this is something that's always going to be this way, but it could always be this way if I just sit up my hands and wait for something to change. Yeah, you cannot sit idly by. That's right. Um, on a happier note to end on like a, a little bit brighter note, uh, fountain pushed their official uh, release. I think they're on 0.7.3 now, if you're on the very latest, uh, fountain update and they have rolled out a lot of new features, uh, including a new way that they organize their podcast library, um, some, um, kind of restructuring of the UI and the UX that goes on there. So now you're podcast page is now called a library where your queue lives and your episodes and shows and etc you can sort those in your library by newest to oldest alphabetically 
can sort clips and playlists the same way. You can set up auto delete. You can mark things as played. Um, so a lot of different UX upgrades. They're also uh, offering a new way that transcripts work. So one of the things uh, Fountain always did that was interesting was offer the ability to do clips and transcripts. Yeah. They apparently have a new transcript provider uh, because of a new partnership with DeepGram. DeepGram. So, yeah, I think on the last podcasting 2.0, they were saying, how does it happen so fast? Uh, apparently, the secret sauce is this DeepGram uh, API that really does return a lot of audio in a very short amount of time with a full transcript. Um, the way it works now is you can tap the transcript button on the player if you're a Fountain Premium user, they'll just make a transcript from a show that doesn't have one yet on demand. Uh, Fountain Premium, I think, is like three quid a month. It's like the... <laughs> mm. uh, they do it in the British pound, I think, from what I'm looking here. Uh, all of the users, you can pay a 50-cent fee. It's like 2,000 sats. I think they charge in sats at just right out of your Fountain wallet for every hour of uh, audio transcription. You don't have to pay for podcasts that already provide a transcript in the podcast transcript tag. So they also oh. added support for the transcript tag itself. Nice. So that's another thing that we've uh, got on our to-do list to kind of pop in eventually is the transcripts. So we don't want to make people pay for our transcripts. Yeah, definitely not. But uh, just another piece of the puzzle we have to add into. But... The uh, thing that I'm most juiced about is the live. The live item tag is now finally after at long last supported in Fountain officially, um, which is fantastic. We've been talking about this a long time. We've been talking about, you know, what what about not supporting live kind of uh, harshed our particular flow and mellow when we're having a live guest on and we have a split for them and then people who are boosting through Fountain. Um, in the old times, not only could they not hear the show live through Fountain, they'd have to listen somewhere else, like in a web uh, browser or some uh, other means. But then when they were boosting, they could only boost like a previous episode or the channel level uh, value tag, which is just you and me. Right. And then our guest was missing out on all the splits coming through. Right. So my squeaky wheel behavior was I would just reboost all those live fountain boosts. I'd total them up and then make one big reboost to the published episode so that our guests would get the split. And I would mention that, you know, the live item tag solves this. Well, it has been solved now. And I actually, I've been working uh, behind the scenes with Nick and Oscar to kind of test things out and make sure that uh, everything behaves as expected. Um, And it was so nice. Not only did they give us a couple of weeks of, um, kind of a free spot in that promoted section that they have in the search. Uh, but uh, they've also featured our show in all of like the screen caps promoting the live stuff that they're putting on their blog and tweets and other places. So um, yeah, that's really cool. It was unexpected and I really do appreciate that. It's uh it's exciting. I was jazzed to see that and it looks really nice. I think our colors work uh, well with their colors and everything. So Yeah. It looks nice. Everything's uh, working pretty well. The one thing that they haven't done yet, but they uh, will have done in the in the next uh, major push, is parsing multiple live items because we kind of have a unique right uh, use of live item tags 
where we have two distinct show formats, um, which are both bowl after bowl shows. We have the regular one you're listening to right now, bowl after bowl every Tuesday night. And then we have bowls with buds, which are sporadically scheduled. And once I do have an announcement to make, I make that via the RSS feed first. That's the first place I ever really publicly announce that there's an upcoming bowls with buds. And so currently Fountain will just grab the first tag it sees in the feed. And so what I've been doing is just kind of putting the, the nearest one to now as the top one. Because uh, what I had before was I always had the bowls with buds one on top and I always had the Tuesday one on bottom. Mm. And in all the other apps, that was totally fine. Um, but uh, then the very first night that we tested live, that was two shows ago. We didn't show up as live, and that's because that Bowls with Buds tag was the first live item, and it said ended. It was the one that we did with Effortless like a month ago. And so it was just seeing the first one, and saw it was ended, and then it would just breeze on by. It was like, oh, they don't have a... They're not live. They're not going to be live. They don't have a pending live. So uh, I think that's all sorted. It has yet to be tested, but uh, Oscar was like, yeah, we'll add that. We'll change the... uh, parsing logic there to look for multiple live item tags nice so there you have it there you have it i am um i will say i am definitely impressed at like the attentiveness that oscar's shown to like input suggestions and testing and all of that and uh they're always very quick even though they're very busy guys they're always quick to uh add or at least test out suggestions um for future releases and so i'm just always appreciated that they're open-mindedness and uh, working with working with feedback like that, you know, because it's not always the easiest thing to do as a developer. You go like, yeah, I've got my own opinions. I want to go my own way. Um, but this podcasting 2.0 spec, there's kind of like a way that it's being built out. And um, I think that Oscar has been really uh, open to how to do that right and how to, you know, add pieces as he goes. So... It's cool to see. It's cool to finally see. We've been waiting for that for a while. So yeah, definitely. Congrats, congrats to Fountain. And uh, appreciate the love, too. Yeah, thanks, you guys. It is nice it's when nice. your users are saying, hey, we need this feature. And then they get it. And it, it must be frustrating, too, because overwhelmingly, like, I would say 70% of the feedback in there is, I am not earning sets today. <laughs> it's like oh. everybody's concerned over, like, you know, they pay you like uh, when you're listening little trickles of sats while you're listening to podcasts, which has been a feature that, you know, I, I appreciate more sats going into my wallet for sure. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like the main reason I'm over there by any means. Like I'm just there to kind of contribute in this value for value exchange. And then it's just like, um, you know me, it's, it's hard for me to bite my tongue about where's my I'm supposed to have 62 sats, man. Where's my 62 sats? It's like, uh, you know, here, I'll, I'll give you 100 sats to shut the fuck up and go away. <laughs> God damn. So, uh, appreciate it. He's, he's uh, always got a positive attitude throughout it all. So, <laughs> he's a stronger man than me in that regard. <laughs> oh, and then the block party's coming up. There is a wonderful Bitcoin block party coming up June, I want to say, 24th is the date. It's a Saturday, June 24th. Uh, I think that is now going to be at the usual spot in Westport that it's always been traditionally. Um, Okay. I think that uh, venue owners kind of convinced us to go over there again. Nice. 
I love getting the foot traffic because we have the podcasting 2.0 banner at our booth and people are always asking questions about it. And there's always people I'm like, oh, you would love this show. Mm -hmm. You would love Behind the Schemes. If you want to hear more, listen to Podcasting 2.0. Oh, no agenda. You know, Mm -hmm. just get people on all of them. Hog Story. Rare encounter. Fuck, I started listing, so now I feel compelled to say oh, everything. Abs in a, a six-pack. That's a mistake. Nick the rat. That's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking say them all. Oh, God. But it's. I love the foot traffic and people who don't know what's going on asking questions and learning. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, yes, here we go. This is how it works. Look how fast the sats transfer. It's killer. It's fun to see. Like The Bitcoin block parties are really where it comes to life. Uh especially for people who aren't in this weird podcasting value for value uh, micro universe, which although it is, you know, growing organically um, just year by year, it's also very niche. Definitely. And so a lot of times when people are at the block parties, this is their first time really seeing goods and value be exchanged instantly and permissionlessly. Yeah. Um, so it's always a killer, uh, it's always a killer time. And if you would like to hawk your wares for sats, you can sign up to be a vendor there for free. There's no vendor fee. That's right. Find another event where there's no vendor fee. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful time. And uh, I will also be doing a small presentation on value for value and node running and uh, the whole podcasting 2.0 and also how it uh, bleeds into music as well. So I'm going to try to kind of put a master pitch together. Nice. For the whole deal. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So yeah. Lots, lots going on in the uh, the old cocaine. Yeah. Not that much uh, shit stain this week. Not no. too much. No. Not too much. <laughs> Nothing new in the shit stain category, let's that's, say. That's right. Let's say. just well, uh, It's just bubbling to the surface, some of the shit that's been sunken. But hey, what, a, what can I say? I'm a shit stirrer by nature. It's what wolves do. That's right. It's what wolves do. Uh, well, all right. I know what uh, Lorians do. Top three, 33. All right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the magic number popped up in a headline today, in oh, fact. Fresh so one. I put it on the lanes. Twitter is now worth just 33% of Elon Musk's purchase price. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah. So he bought the bird shite for 44 billion buckaroos, and now it's worth 8.8 billion. You notice they held the story until it hit that 33% Absolutely. valuation? Yeah. People have been saying it was worth half the price he paid, but Fidelity came through and was like, nope, here's the real number. It's 8.8. I don't know how they know, but yeah. maybe they've got their thumb up that butthole. Yeah. Checking the pulse. Well, uh, I still think that the Elon going in there to tank the whole thing yeah. is still in play, and it's going amazingly, swimmingly well. Absolutely, and that's how I like to see it, too. A good use of doll hairs. <laughs> no doubt. Now, the big magic number story of the week, uh, and Bullysteed uh, commented on it. It was posted. Pe- lots of people are catching this magic number sighting. Only 33% of BLM's $90 million in donations helped charitable foundations. Wow. And I thought 
33% seemed kind of high. That's about what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> dang, man. They uh, actually gave some of it to charitable uh, I, As I'm reading this article, it's very convoluted. See, um, uh, my thought is that maybe that 33% got funneled through other charitable organizations and stuffed into those pockets, but... Yes. Well, it's like, okay, here's... What's, what's the on-the-street impact? Here's charitable foundations, and here are the people behind them who have links to BLM. Seemed to be the way it was going. Oh, her sister's charitable foundation. The other co-founder. Um, but this all came about from the Government Integrity Project at the National Legal and Policy Center, which is an ethics watchdog group. They filed a complaint against uh, BLM whose full name is crazy. It's like uh, Black Lives Matter Global something or other. Let me look it up. Give you the correct answer on the spot here. Yeah, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. Global, man, it's global. And so they filed a complaint against BLM GNF with the IRS last year for allegedly violating IRS rules prohibiting the use of nonprofit assets for private benefit, self-dealing, conflicts of interest, and unlawful political fundraising. We've all seen those majestic houses mm -hmm. that were purchased oh, yeah. with the money that came in. And, of course, the, the group and the founder claimed that they were used as office space or event spaces. I'm sure they had you know? some uh, Zoom meetings from there. Oh, I'm sure they had some <laughs> meetings there and some parties for yeah, sure. Yeah. For the cause, man. For the cause. Um, something that I saw was interesting was they gave $400,000 to the Tamir Rice Foundation. Um, Tamir, of course, was the 12-year-old boy playing with a toy gun who was shot to death by the cops. And his mom was one of the harshest critics of BLM because... She was saying, hey, they're profiting off of my son's death. You know, people had printed his face on posters and were holding them at the protests and mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, anyways, they gave that her foundation $400,000, maybe like a little bit of hush money. You know, here, th maybe this will make it better. Go away. Uh, and then, of course, there were millions that went to the co-founder who left in 2021 with a deal at Warner Brothers, a TV deal. But guess what? That contract came to a, an end, and there were no shows produced. So what's that all about? Womp womp. Just getting money from Warner Brothers with nothing uh, to show for it? It's interesting. Weird, yeah. Gotta love the <laughs> movie biz. <laughs> yeah. The movie scene has got me down. But yeah, so that was a huge magic number sighting this week. Also... Worth pointing out that 33 people were wounded in Chicago over Memorial Day weekend. Gun violence there, you know, kind of crazy. Not probably, what you want from the cookout. Yeah, probably a higher number. I'm noticing that what gets reported from gun violence in Chicago seems to be a lot lower than what's actually going on. And there's some... Well, there's a lot of things that just are never reported or called in or anything, you know, the... Yeah. You know Absolutely. what happens to snitches. Exactly. Not just in Chicago. So, yeah, I would expect those numbers to be suppressed. Yeah. No matter, like, what you try to do. Definitely. Memorial Day, of course, is kind of like unofficial summer beginning. Right. And the city beach is open in Chicago, Memorial Day weekend. We can wear white now. So, oh, yeah. Hooray. Hurrah. 
But, uh, <laughs> you know, shooty summer. Yeah, popcorn summer. Popcorn summer. That's much better. Did you see the uh, bus driver that got into a little gun battle in North Carolina? I didn't. Well, I saw the headline, but I didn't read into it. Mm. Yeah, arguing I, with a passenger, started shooting at each other. Passenger wanted to get off between stops, and then they started arguing, and then the passenger pulled his gun out, and then the driver drew on the passenger, and then they just started shooting at each other. I think they both got hit in the arm. It was like mayhem. Sheebus. Because there's video of it. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy because now the bus driver's no longer a bus driver. The statements from public officials are like, we don't want anybody having any firearms on any bus. Oh, Christ. The bus drivers aren't allowed to carry. But it's like, you expect this man to get on a city bus without carrying? Like, that's just irresponsible, really. Like, come on. Where are you going to go on the bus route unarmed? That's just stupid. Yeah. That is not advised around here. No. To go around, like, bus stops without uh, any heat on you? That would just be a silly move, my man. So, I don't know, man. It would probably be tough to uh, keep the buses staffed <laughs> in, in that sort of situation. But, hey. I would think so. I think that uh, the bus driver should definitely be armed. So, the passenger pulled first? Yeah, but he was doing that. You know, motherfuckers, this is how oh, it they always goes down. they just pull it out like, and wave it like around. Clone. They pull it out, and then they're, like, brandishing it and going, what, 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 huh, huh, what, mm-hmm. you know? And then. That's like, where you fucked up. Yeah. Don't like, show your gun unless you're about to use it. Yeah. It's too late. When you pull it, it's pulled. Yeah. You've now pulled a gun on me. Self-defense. That's how I see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it doesn't enhance your argument in any way, and that's not what a gun is for. <laughs> it's not a toy. Ugh. But uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be another debate, and it's an interesting one because there's a lot of moving parts to it. Yeah, well, I think an armed society is indeed a polite society. It seems so. this way. It seems this way. I don't like when people tell others you can't carry. Right, yeah. It's protection, man. We have a whole constitution that's supposed to just circumvent that anyway. Yeah, this is America, you dumb son of a bitch. Maybe if you've got a house that you own or you've got a building that you own, then you can say, hey, not in here. Or you got to leave. That's one thing. Uh, And I suppose there's an argument to be made that the city controls the buses so they get to set the rules for there. But the problem is that you cannot keep people from getting on the bus without a gun unless you put metal detectors at the bus door, which Ugh. just seems impractical. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's that's a real quagmire. Well, I'm sure they can uh, vote in a budget to do that, though. Sure. I'm <laughs> sure, yeah. Maybe one of them little weep, whoop, whoop wands, you know? Oh, gosh. Can you imagine that you got a wand to everybody that gets on a bus? No. It's going to take forever. Yeah. How are you going to get people? How are you going to run your routes on time? Ugh. It's just a it's just a fucking bad deal from every angle. There's really no winning solution. That's true. Other than keep your gun fucking put away and wait for the next stop on the bus. Yeah, seriously. You can't stop between stops. Can't stop between stops, so just sit down, shut up, and have a little walk. <laughs> I, this is why we can't have nice things, you know? Yep. Uh, there was a little funny... That came out of the Memorial Day weekend gun violence in Chicago. I know that sounds horrible, but there was a story in there about an off-duty Michigan police officer who was uh, in a hotel room with another man and s- shot himself and seriously wounded the other guy when he was handling a gun. 
It's like, this is a police officer, someone who should be well-trained to handle a gun, and then accidentally fires, hitting himself in the other dude? What? Oops. Yeah, big oops. Big oops. That's why I say, hey man, nice shot. Yeah. A 33-year-old track record fell this past week in Arizona. Where did it land? Into the record books. (laughs) With a new one. Out with the old and in with the new. Nice. And then there were two men released from prison this past week who had served 33 years for murders they did not commit. Damn. Yeah, cleared by DNA evidence. One in California, uh, one in Dallas. It was a lucky week, I guess. Yeah, I was hoping there would be a third just to round it out and make it extra magical, but no. I waited. Wild they've been serving the same amount of time and shit. Right? 33 years. Okay, I guess we can let them out now. And virtue signal about getting them out. It's weird. Like, how many people do you think are released every year on surface DNA evidence, but then we get this story that two are who have been serving 33, you know? Yeah. Every time when you bring this segment, it always, like, boggles my mind. Look at this. Look at this. It's mind-boggling, man. That's why it's the magic number. No doubt. We can uh, ponder over it some more behind the curtain. That sounds good to me. Hope you don't have any plans to go on a cruise. Definitely not. Specifically carnival cruises. Mm. Because (laughs) they had a brand ambassador come out this week and uh, just wave their drug dog flag around. We're going to continue using our drug dogs and you can't stop us. Don't bring your pot, don't bring your drugs. Because it's federally illegal and we follow federal law. So it doesn't even matter if it's legal in the state where you're getting onto this cruise. Or international waters. And then, of course, they have testimonies from people who were riding the cruise. Oh, yeah, you know, the smell of marijuana just makes me choke up. I can't breathe. Can't breathe around the marijuana smoke. We don't want marijuana on the cruises. I would think they would. It would really help out their buffet and stuff. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yes, please, come hey, back for more. The uh, on-ship entertainment is so much nicer tonight. Yeah. They push alcohol. Yeah. But well, no weed. So alcohol's allowed, but not your other drugs. Of course, of course. Oh, but do you have a prescription for something that's not weed? Because that's fine, too. But your prescription for weed, not cool. Not cool, man. Not cool. Because we can smell it. Carnival. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I uh, The cruise thing just doesn't appeal to me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I went on a cruise when I was an infant. Obviously don't remember anything about it. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Yeah. And so that's that. I, I checked it off the box. It's been checked. There you go. <laughs> so. Cruise and can't get cruised again. Yeah. No tolerance. On the cruise, it's just lame. What's also lame is the Drug Enforcement Agency released their annual report for 2022, and they destroyed a lot more weed than the year before. Wow. Yeah. It's at uh, 5.7 million plants destroyed. I can feel the fucking evil. How horrible for the environment, destroying plants. It just pisses me off. It does, yeah. That's a 3% increase from 2021. Mm. Even though more states have legalized. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's the last breath. You got to get your shots in, I guess. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of states haven't truly legalized growing weed. I mean, where in America can you grow outside without a cultivator license doing it for commercial purposes? There's also that fun nugget of being federally illegal everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And who's the DEA? The feds. So, yeah, it was a... They also hit the highest annual seizure total since 2011, taking $45 million worth of citizens' assets. Jesus, Louises. Yep. But there was a decrease in arrests with 5,061 arrests nationwide. Oh, boy. I mean, that's still a good handful of people. That's too many. That's more... Than the amount of people that got a presidential pardon from Joe Biden. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, There was also a huge news story that came out this week um, scrutinizing the DEA for failing to punish Morris and Dixon Co., um, who had been stripped of their license to distribute painkillers like hydrocodone and oxycodone four years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. But they've been shipping them ever since. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, a judge called them out for uh, going against the Controlled Substances Act. There was, specifically, they called out one pharmacy in Louisiana that was ordering millions of dollars worth of painkillers and then selling them for cash on the traditional market rather than at the pharmacy. And just, you know, no checks and balances here. So... There you go, big guys funding the traditional market. Um, but it's like selling opiates, it's the only thing I know. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> but they weren't lacing it into the weed, so there's that. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, so Morris and Dixon also were charged with $22 million in civil pen- penalties for violating the Controlled Substances Act there, uh, which, you know, I guess maybe that's just... A penny in the wishing well to them. Maybe. Because drugs, man, that's a good business. Especially big pharma drugs. They are the fourth largest wholesale drug distributor in the United States. Damn. But this story gets more interesting because, of course, uh, DEA Administrator Ann Milgram has been in the news an awful lot. They've been complaining about how she's awarding these millions of dollars in no-bid contracts to her past associates. Well, her top deputy turns out to be a very interesting man by the name of Louis Milioni. And he worked at the DEA for 21 years in the Office of Diversion Control, which is uh, kind of a small section that seems to have a lot of power. He retired in 2017. Then he became a consultant Nice for the drug distribution companies that he had been tasked with regulating previously. Yeah. Morris and Dixon Co. being one of them. Uh, 2021 comes around, and he was named by Ann Milgram Principal Deputy Administrator. So he's back at the DEA. Nice. Uh, and somewhere... The old, the old revolving door. Along his career line, he also became a lawyer and a Hollywood actor. <laughs> which just is a trifecta no right shit. there. You're a drug agent, a lawyer, and an actor. Wow. Triple threat. But what really stuck out to me 
is that in 2008, this man, Louis Milioni, was the guy that ran the overseas sting that nabbed Victor Boot. No shit. The merchant of death. I remember him. Notorious Russian arms trafficker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Small world, I guess. I guess. I'll take this moment to also point out that Mark Fogel is still in Russian prison for having medical weed with him when he landed there. But regardless, you know, no one talks about that anymore. Right. We got the basketball player back. That's right. It's over. Basketball privilege. It's over. So here we are, four years down the line. Morrison Dixon Co. is still selling their drugs, making their money, even though a judge uh, recommended that their license be stripped. And that would be the DEA's responsibility. So the Associated Press reached out to the DEA to comment on this. Like, hey, why is it taking you guys so long to take action against them? I mean, you know once their license is gone, they'll be out of business. Correct. So it's a death sentence for the company, uh, which I guess if there's conflicts of interest going on, <laughs> right. you wouldn't want to do that. Um, but right after the Associated Press reached out for a comment, uh, the DEA announced that it was going to revoke that license. Wow. But no final order has been published. So, you know. I'm sure I, they'll do it at, uh, on their timeline. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that the company will challenge it in federal court and push the ball down the hill a little bit longer. You know, keep it rolling, keep mm. that money flowing. Yep. So, hey, yeah, yeah. Frustrating. But God, seeing that guy go from DEA to drug dealer. <laughs> I'm sorry, consultant to the drug dealers. Mm. Just wild. And then a Hollywood actor. What do you know? I think uh, he deserves a, a bit more digging. There's more digging to be done there, for sure. And uh, a third DEA story for tonight. There's a lawsuit against them uh, from an agent who was investigating opioids and the fentanyl crisis. He got fired after using CBD. And now he's suing the DEA, trying to get his job back. Because what happened? Well, in 2019... He had to take a drug test, and there was trace amounts of THC in his system. Oh, no. Over the 0.3% that you can have, which is silly because it's like in your body, too. Yeah. It can only be 0.3. Okay. And so he admitted that he was using CBD products, and, well, since they're not FDA regulated and whatever, there might be a little bit more THC than is federally illegal. So you're saying he was, like, swerving in and out of lanes and crashing shit and... No, no, he didn't even have a work accident, you know? Just that uh, stupid drug test requirement. Yeah, how about that? So, he was with the DA for 15 years. He wasn't a new guy either. And he talked about using the CBD because conventional painkillers had not worked for him. But CBD really helped. Mm. And he said that he got a lot of injuries during his time in law enforcement, but was also a football player in his younger years. Football. So, football. So, uh, but the DEA doesn't have any memos or regulations or guidance at all about CBD being used by its employees. Imagine that. So, uh, yeah, see you in court. We'll see how that goes. Always got to settle it in court, man. The American way. Yeah. Or settle it in a press release like one lobbying firm did this week. ruh -roh. I couldn't believe this story. I've probably said worse things than them 
But here they are. Oh, no. Apologizing. I promise you've said worse things than whatever you're about to bring up. Yes. Uh, let me just... <laughs> they sent a letter to senators in support of the Safe Banking Act, you know, and pushing for it so that dispensaries can use the banks for their business and uh, not have to have safes and whatever. Yeah. Um, and so here's what they wrote in their press release. The liaison group acknowledges that language referencing, here's the quote, Chinese-backed investments was a misguided attempt in poor judgment. Oh my God, what? The reference was inappropriate and should not have been utilized. <laughs> we wrongfully characterized and inappropriately singled out one element of the unregulated market by doing so. The liaison group sincerely apologizes for the harm caused by this language and letter and is committed to doing better. Words matter, and it was never our intention to further harmful racist and xenophobic sentiments by mentioning Chinese-backed investments. Bro, Chang was pissed. He was blowing up the phones the next day. Yes, of course. Yeah. What's the equivalency of, like, the Chinese mafia? The, uh... Damn it. I know. I, I'm like, I know that the triads, the triads. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're up there. They're sending letters to the senators in response to this. They can't point us out. Yeah. How dare you mention who, uh, what we do, who we are. No one mentioned China, not even China. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to resubmit a revised letter where they don't mention Chinese backed investments. So, you know, don't look at Oklahoma and all the law enforcement issues going on down there. It's definitely not. Chinese-backed investments funding the violence and the <laughs> traditional market goings-ons. Mm -mm. Goings-ons. Goings-ons. That's how you know we're behind the curtain. <laughs> well, you know. In Colorado, Governor Jared Polis signed a psychedelics legalization and decriminalization bill, which is set to take effect July 1st. Now, it's funny because this is the lawmaker response to Proposition 122, which called for the legalization of therapeutic psilocybin use and to hopefully decriminalize personal cultivation and use of natural psychedelics like magic mushrooms, DMT, ibogaine, non-peyote-based mescaline. But it left the implementation and regulation up to the lawmakers, which I find to be a horrible choice no doubt that's a, that's a lot of power you're putting in their hands and uh yeah now the activists behind proposition 122 are saying hey this bill that you just signed into law has too many restrictions on unlicensed activity and communal use but i just think that's what they get for putting it into lawmaker hands mm. yeah well <laughs> i just came you're gonna take the time to write out this initiative and wordage for legalization but you're not gonna just tell them how to do it Come on. You're going to get railroaded. Right. And your uh, tomato model dreams will just be destroyed because right. now it's in the lawmaker court mm -hmm. where there's profit to be had by crime. <laughs> <laughs> in Illinois, Governor J.B. Pritzker has budget legislation on his desk, and there's a provision in there that would allow weed businesses to take State-level tax deductions where they're prohibited from utilizing them at the federal level due to Section 280E, mm. which is a, that's a neat little workaround, I guess. Yeah. 
This budget, though, is uh, $50 billion worth. Kaboom. Yeah, the... I don't know, compared state to state, how uh, high that is or low. But when I see billions of dollars, I mean, it just makes my um, brain explode. Billions. Billions, yeah. ba 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 Wow. Yep. Wow, indeed. <laughs> Indiana. The Court of Appeals has ruled that the smell of weed is enough for reasonable suspicion. No. Yeah. And so uh, you can have warrantless searches on your person or your vehicle. Louisiana, you said? Indiana. Indiana. I heard the Anna. Yeah, you did. You caught it. And this came from a case where uh, a guy was driving and he had expired license plates, but the plates, when they were scanned, the cop realized that they were registered to a different vehicle. So that's a whole issue in itself. Sure. Then the cop comes up and he smells weed. So he searches the car, and he finds three and a half pounds of weed and $11,500 in cash. Oh, geez. That's so he takes the guy in. Jackpot. Dude goes into court and is like, well, hey, you know, hemp is 50 state legal, and this could be CBD weed. You don't know that. Just with your human senses alone, you can't tell if this is legal weed or illegal weed, which sure. I think is a good try. It is a good try. Well, I mean, it's the correct probable cause statement, right? Yeah. But the judge was, wasn't was having it and was like, yeah, you know, you smell weed. That means you got the weed in the car and we see weed as a drug here. So, womp womp. Smell of weed. Shocking. Shocking. Outrageous. Yeah. On the flip side, in Maryland, Governor Wes Moore led a bill that prevents police searches based on the smell of weed go into law without his signature. So maybe he didn't support it, but uh, he just let it pass along. So it's okay to smell like weed and drive your car in Maryland. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. A little bit. <laughs> Not I, I, medical advice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still federally illegal, and growing up in the Prohibition days, uh, you're never going to shake that mentality from me. I don't want to smell like weed and be anywhere near a cop. Yeah. So he didn't comment on why he didn't sign it. So that's just speculation on my behalf where I said maybe you didn't support it. Uh, Minnesota's rocking and rolling because the governor, Tim Waltz, signed a bill to create a psychedelic medicine task force and fund safe consumption sites. Also not federally illegal. Safe consumption sites. Wow. Um, I, I hope they're not like the DMV don't have like dumbass posters uh, on the wall about... Uh, well, I'm sure they will and I'm sure they'll have pamphlets because it looks like there's funding for all those things. Just if you're gonna do it, get like a singing bowl and some tapestries going on and <laughs> some lasers on the ceiling, maybe. Yeah, and the pillows on the floor. Yeah. To sit around on the floor. I don't I don't know about taking a psychs at one of these safe consumption sites. I just don't like that phrase. I'd rather go to an opium den. Where there's couches and the smell of opium. But <laughs> if there's any government workers there, I'm out. I'm not interested in that. Of course, you know, the safe consumption sites, they're supposed to have nurses there to make sure no one ODs and that you know how to shoot up properly. Right. And that you have a clean needle. And they have test strips so that you can bring the government workers your drugs and get them tested. But do they have lava lamps or fluorescent lighting? <laughs> I doubt it. 
<laughs> I doubt it. I'm thinking fluorescent lighting. They've got budgets here, but they're only in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, not the millions or billions. The so. kind that blink and go, <laughs> the worst of all fluorescent lights. Yeah. I hate those. They make me want to pass out for some reason. They emit a sound that mm-hmm. really irks me. Yeah. I can't be around it. And I th- think there's stories of people like hallucinating in cubicles after too many hours under the fluorescent lights. The fluorescent Seeing ghosts w- and demons and shit. They're weird, man. They are. I don't like them. But yeah, I just picture safe consumption site sounds very sterile to me. Uh, yeah. And I'm not into sterile environments. So yeah, uh, but they legalize drug paraphernalia, possession, syringe services, and that means that if you have any drug residue to be found, I guess you won't get a ticket or cuffs slapped onto you for it. So they're also requiring schools and police officers to carry naloxone so that they can hopefully reverse some of these overdoses. And they're increasing penalties for fentanyl. Use, distribution, whatever. Mm-hmm. You got fentanyl, you're going to get in bigger trouble, which I don't know how helpful that is. They also are funding in here in this bill a text message system which will caution people from using substances when there's a surge of overdoses in a specific area of Minnesota. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a weird alert to get on your phone. Put the drugs down. People are dropping. <laughs> I guess you'd have to sign on to it. Yes, Please put my number in your database. I am a <laughs> syringe drug user, and I would like to know when people are hitting the floor. Let, let me know when the shit gets bunk. Just send me a text message. Yes, government, please. Let what, me know. What could go wrong? Keep yeah, me safe, government. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> what could go wrong? But yeah, this uh, psychedelics task force, they wanted to include a lot more drugs drugs, psychedelics, but it got cut down to just psilocybin, MDMA, and LSD. And there's 23 members that will be nominated, and they have a budget in 2024 of $338,000. So the magic number still slips in there. But then 2025, it drops in half, 171. Hmm. I think you can do a lot with $171,000, though. And with those three particular psychedelics. Yeah, absolutely. LSD, MDMA, psilocybin, so let's see. They probably wanted uh, DMT and masculine would be my other two guesses. Mm-hmm, and um, toad venom. Oh, yeah, the toad medicine. Uh, what's that? Bu- I can see the word, but I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Bufotanine. Yeah. Uh, and ibogaine. The frog medicine, everyone says. Yeah, I hear it helps. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. I didn't <laughs> see that one in there, but... Yeah, that's... Those would be the ones I uh, would expect be high on the list. Yeah. Yep. In New York, the Office of Cannabis Management is launching a pilot program for weed farmers markets. They also are very optimistic about it and think that they can get one to take place within a month. Uh, Which, you know, might be good because there's only 13 legal stores across the whole state so far. So growers who got their licenses are getting kind of backed up on products. No shelves to stock. But hey, you can bring them down to the farmer's market, sell some weed. And they had like a hilarious comment in here where they're like, well, legacy cannabis markets that popped up in New York have always done great. And I was like, there were farmer's markets before? No, they were just talking about the traditional black market. Weed sells. People have always bought it. Right. Let's get farmer's markets going so we can uh, sell more and make more revenue. 
But yeah, at these farmers markets they're setting up, there has to be one licensed retailer to host it, uh. and then they can have three conditional growers. So, not even like big box store commercial growers, huh. small growers. Um, but of course, you can't smoke there or consume it there because then they would need additional permits from the Department of Public Health. Mm. So, womp womp womp, indeed. A bunch of bills hit the desk of Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, some having to do with medical weed. Uh, like, now they have mandatory prepackaging and more restrictions when it comes to medical use by minors. Uh, there's a limit now on THC content in edibles. They want continuing education requirements for medical weed workers and prescribing physicians. Got to keep learning about that weed. If you're going to be dealing with it, they're also increasing the annual license fee from $500 to $2,500, five-fold increase. It's rough. Um, and now the legislature will get to decide how medical tax revenue is spent in excess of whatever the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority needs. So anything left over. Gets put in the hands of the lawmakers. Oh, boy. Uh, he also has a bill on his desk to restrict land ownership by non-citizens. And this is, of course, mainly uh, in the effort to combat the foreign-run illegal weed cultivation operations going on that are totally not Chinese-backed investments. Definitely not. Don't look at China. <laughs> it's racist to even suggest. In fact, that. the money doesn't come from any country at all. It's just money. That's right. Yeah. It is. And the money is innocent because it doesn't have a brain. Yeah. What did, cannot. what did money ever do for you? <laughs> well, you know, a good many I'm, things. I mean, to you. I mean, to you. To you. Yeah, nothing. So far tonight, I'm average. In Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee signed a bill to regulate hemp-derived cannabinoid products, including Delta-8. Delta-8 gets called out in here a lot. Now it's going to be 21+. plus. you got to keep it behind the counter. Products have to be tested. There's packaging requirements. And a 6% sales tax will go into effect <laughs> July 1st. Oh, man. Funny how quickly they can get the ball rolling on things that uh, benefit them. Yeah. I like money, though. Exactly. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has a bill on his desk which would require medical examiners to classify fentanyl overdose deaths as homicides. I don't like that. We've talked about this before, but it's just like, oh, someone overdosed, now we have to investigate it, find out who sold them the fentanyl, where their source is, and then charge them with murder. Yeah. You know, I'm not advocating for anyone to go out there and use fentanyl, but there should be more emphasis on self-responsibility, I think. Yeah, if it's a mutual transaction. Yeah, and, you know, you can test your stuff. Because I think that's where it's coming in. They're using the word poisoning in this bill. Right, and stuff right. Like, okay, so you bought heroin, and it was laced with fentanyl. Right. That's That's a problem. But again, you know traditional market the responsibility is on you in a traditional uh market traditional i don't like that word either a free market yeah on the free market it's your responsibility to test the quality or to know a reputable source or something yes 
So we'll see if he signs it or not. Um, Vermont, the governor signed an omnibus overdose prevention bill into law, which will go into effect in September. And it uh, allocates $8 million from major settlements with opioid manufacturers and distributors to a good many things. Uh, $2 million to naloxone distribution, $2 million to four different opioid treatment programs, almost $2 million to 26 different outreach and case management staff positions, 400000 to syringe service providers, 840000 to contingency management services for individuals with addiction. Sorry, they changed that word in the state statutes to use disorder. That's the new thing. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Can't call it addiction anymore. Cannabis use disorder, also known as CUD. Yeah. Or FUD, if it's fentanyl. There you go, FUD. <laughs> yeah. 100000 to implement a wound care telehealth consultation pilot program for syringe use, specifically. Uh, 200000 to distribute fentanyl test strips, and if available, xylazine test strips, hot off of uh, Puerto Rico <laughs> planes, I guess. It's coming through. We talked about it in the bowl quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. I see it popping up all over the place. Oh, and then there's going to be $700,000 going to the Department of Health's Division of Substance Abuse Programs for drug checking service organizations. Not safe consumption sites, drug checking service organizations. So you bring them their drugs and they'll test them for you, I guess. Fabulous. Under the Department of Health, baby. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's a lot of money being thrown around. And, uh, you know, they want more syringe disposal programs. Uh, They talk about, you know, making pamphlets to be put in schools and in hospitals and stuff. But um, they also changed the definition of drug paraphernalia in the state statutes uh, so that it doesn't include syringes. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Fascinating. It's like, oh, everyone can just get their hands on a syringe now. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's going to help. And then, you know... It grants immunity to doctors, physicians, whoever is administering these opioid antagonists, uh, looking at methadone, buprenorphine, and naltrexone. You don't need uh, prior authorization now, and you can also get them via telehealth. So, hey, you know, Big Pharma's got the answer to addiction. I mean, use disorder. That's it for Behind the Curtain tonight. Dang. Yeah, lots of bills. Bills. It's bill season, man. Bill after bill. All the legislative sessions are wrapping up. The governors are pacing back and forth in their offices, looking at that pile of shit on their desks. And the bowlers are knocking down pins. They have been knocking down pins this whole time. Uh, You've been hearing that. We had a lot of test, test tokes coming in from C-dubs. Oh, thanks, C-dubs. Tests coming through. He's slapping that podcast index with them. Yeah. Very nice. Five four twenty boosts, in fact. Nice. Uh, we also had a boost out of Podverse for twenty eight forty six. Uh, that was from Memes thirteen thirty six. Oh, thanks, Memes thirteen thirty six. He said, "Boosting the split, sharing the V for V sats earned from memes and shit posting. Keep the bowl full and pass to the left." And he's got a link to his uh, NAS. Very cool, and it'll be linked in the show notes. 
so you can go give him a follow. Yeah. He's doing the Lord's work over there. He's memeing it. Quality memes, too. Memeing it up. Helping me build my library of memes. Well, we've got another library building. It's the Library of Metal Moments. Ooh. And uh, I'm pulling those up right now. As we have uh, a brand new one from the great Reverend. That's Sir Rev to you, Cyber Trucker. Would you like to hear it? I would. Here it comes. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. For the final maze mandatory Metallica, I've decided to bring you all one of their instrumentals. Now Metallica is known for its hard-hitting lyrics and amazing music. However, their instrumentals are also fantastic. This particular example, written by James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, Cliff Burton, and original Metallica member Dave Mustaine of Megadeth fame, is widely hailed as one of their best songs ever. From the 1984 album Ride the Lightning, this is Metallica, The Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yes. Yes. What a moment. Oh, shit, yes. Oh, shit, yes. Oh, oh shit, yes. As uh, the great Booberry has said, from two different podcasting apps, in fact. Look at that. One minute ago, oh, shit, yeah, from uh, Fountain. 3333 33 sats, by the way. Ooh. And then another time from Podverse. Oh, shit, yeah. 3333. Thanks, Booberry. Appreciate that, Booberry. Oh, shit, yes. Love it. You got the call. Absolutely got it. Thanks, Rev. Bringing value in the form of metal moments week after week, bowl after bowl. That's right. You can follow him in all his antics, as well as Grogu and Kenny, over on No Agenda Social. You can find him at Rev, Rev Cybertrucker. Rev Cybertrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. That's right. Harfat made an amazing comment in the bowl. About that Vermont bill. Oh, yes. 
where uh, he said, so basically they're taking the money they got from Big Pharma and giving it back to Big Pharma. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's how it works. The way she goes, boys. Way of the road. Yep. Way of the road. Uh, the way of the bowl is, uh, it's it's a game we play. It's called Deep, 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 Deep First Time. First time I ever. First time I ever did a thing. And the thing always changes every week, but uh, the number remains the same, 816-607-3663. And uh, this week you can tell us the first time you were ever the oldest person in the room. Let's have a listen. Hey, bowlers. Hey, hey, hey. I hope everyone's having a wonderful, lovely Tuesday out there or whatever day this so happens to be filling your ear holes with entertainment and joy and love. Uh, yeah, you know, I should remember to call in before work. Hey, there you hey, go. What? You Crazy. Know, that way I know I could get the voicemail in in the time. Nice Which work. I saw was first time I was ever the oldest person in the room. Well, uh, yeah, brain cells are kind of fuzzed out. <laughs> I don't recall the first time. Yeah. But, um... The most predominant one that really sticks out was just kind of more or less the situation. In high school, um, I was probably a junior, so about 17 years old. And my circle of friends was a lot of kids from the other four high schools in town. Um, we were just a real eclectic kind of ragtag bunch. A um, bunch of metalheads and skaters and alternative kids and spa kids and ravers. We just were not the ROTC kids, nor the Dawson prep. So I hung out with everybody else. Uh, commonly within that, I was the oldest within the circle of friends. So I was the first one with a license to borrow my parents' car. Nice. I was the first one that got hit 18 and could go buy cigarettes. Um, stuff like that. So that was pretty fun. And then the irony is now the job I'm at at the brewery, outside of the brewmaster within our specific brewing department, um, I've only got one other guy that's older than me. Uh, and he's got me beat by like a year and a half. But other than that, uh, most of my direct coworkers, I'm a couple months older too, if not about a year older. So it's a whole bunch of mid-40-year-olds in the brewing department. <laughs> and we got this one really young guy who I kid you not, like made twenty one, uh, like three days before he started working. So it's nice. Great. So he's got all these uh, uh, forty year olds, you know, telling them, "Oh man, when you grow up, thirties, blah blah blah." Anyway, <laughs> I don't mind. Um, I know I bear wisdom, but at the same time, I hung at heart. Anyway, so uh. Man, why is it the only word I could rhyme with that is fart? Fart. fart. Oh, well. Fart's versatile. I'm not an old fart. Maybe I am. That's all subjective. Peace. Enjoy the bowl. Love y'all. Much love. Love you. Cheers, Larian. Huh. There you go. You're only as old as you feel. Yeah, that's right. Age it- is just a number. And all the other things they say. They. They, 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 man. The they's. I was really brain racking about this one because personally for myself, I was like June birthday. So very close to the cutoff for uh, the grades or whatever, the entering school age 
birthday cutoff thing. So I was always like among the youngest in my classes, you know? Yeah. So it really wasn't there. And then I thought, well, you know, when I was the oldest kid, so when it just be my sister and I alone, then that would have probably been the first time. Mm. But uh, really the first time it mattered and I felt like the oldest in the room and had to be the oldest in the room was coming up through scouts uh, once I got into leadership positions. And like opening and closing, everybody's there and all the leaders are there, you know, so like you're always surrounded by people older than you, including like adults and like the adult leaders. But then we had like a boy, uh, boy run troop, which just means like the, the actual boy scouts are supposed to facilitate all the meetings and do everything essentially. And so we'd break up, like we'd have a little opening every time and then we'd break up into, uh, patrols and each patrol would like take a little classroom, you know? So then I would have to like go through the rooms and kind of check on everybody's progress. Like, are you actually planning your meals for the upcoming camp out or are you actually working on the, uh, rank advancements that we're doing tonight or any kind of thing like that. So that would probably be the first time where it mattered for me, you know, that I was like the oldest in the room. Yeah. A badge of honor. Yeah. Mostly I was the youngest. Uh, like Laren said though, I, I did hung, uh, my tight friend group when I started smoking was like all a year younger than me. Oh, weird. For whatever reason that was like the, well, but if you're the youngest in your class, yeah, then you're kind of like, should have been in their grade. Well, a couple of months different would have been, yeah. If I was born a couple of months later, I would have been in that class. But yeah. yeah. That's so weird. Just kind of how it shook out, you know what I mean? It wasn't any kind of effort made or... It's just weird how that kind of thing happens, you know? Yep. The click you fall into. Yeah. Uh, This next caller, though, would never fall into any click. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, oh, buddy. Man, Lorian and Spencer, they'd be like taking over, taking over stuff, you know. Well, not taking over in a bad way, but like, you know, they'd, they'd be doing the rounds with all the, with the, with the hog story and the, and the, <laughs> all the poacher jam slams stuff and, yeah, and uh, the Bowl of Buds, or doing the Bowl of Buds episode and whatnot, just like, also, I was like, wait, what am I listening? Oh. It not, yeah, I'm a, I am listening to the right thing. Because all of a sudden, you guys would be popping on and that space out. I'd be like, wait, where am I? Sneak anyway, it around, yeah. man. Uh, question was, uh, first time you're oldest in the room. Yeah. Uh, man. I mean, probably as kids, you know, or something like that, where all of a sudden, like, cause my, brother's, my, my brother's a little younger than I am just a bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, something like that. I mean, we shared a room, so, I mean, I'd be the oldest in the room then. Yep. Um, but yeah, probably. I mean, a couple of, more recently, like realized that sometimes too, even now, where it's just like my wife's a few years younger than I am, and then she'll have people that she's a few years older than or whatever, and be hanging out or having people over for dinner or whatever. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm not really thinking about age, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wow, you're like, you know, a decade younger or something like that or whatever. So anyway, you know, or you just assume by their job or something like that or, you know, job income or whatever, or maybe just how they carry themselves if they're maybe younger than they are or whatever. Mm. So anyway, yeah. So a little bit of the past, a little bit of the present. So that'd be that. So, well, appreciate you, everything. Appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate right you. Now, a little tired. But I'm going to go run, so, you know, that'll make everything more tired. Uh, <laughs> so. Run, run, run. That'd be that. All right. Well, 
But the gas, that dangerous. And, you know, whether or not you're leaving a vocal mail or you're listening to vocal mails or you're disappearing on everybody else's podcast <laughs> along with your own podcast. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and give a little more big. Thank you, Kakaller. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we have been busy bowlers. Yeah, we've been here and there. We've been here and there. Thank you. Thank you. Christopher always cacalling in. That's what I love about the F-Tie, too. It's like, maybe there's a time you can't remember your first time, or maybe you're like, well, technically the first time would have been this, but really the better story is that. But that's great. That's like the whole point. It's a prompt to get to that story that's worth telling. Yeah. Which we know is in there somewhere. Yeah. We know it's in there. I liked that uh, Christopher Battles was also an older sibling, like you. Yeah. So it's like, well, being alone in the room. Yep. With my bro. Yeah, but we can both tell you that's like a little different. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. not like you're in charge. Even if your parents are like, all right, you're in charge because you're the older one. Like, it's not how it goes down, really, you know? Yeah. I had to rack my brain around this because growing up, I volunteered a lot at daycare programs and such like little after school activities for little kids you know like kindergartners mm-hmm. and super cute kids but there was always an adult volunteer sure you know and um and in high school i worked with special ed kids and same thing there was always an adult volunteer there and i guess the first time i would have been the oldest person in the room would be when i started babysitting mm. and the parents left and that was weird. Yeah. Because I started babysitting before I could drive. So, like, my grandparents had to drop me off to my job where I was alone for the night in this house and, you know, get the kids to bed. And then I remember after bedtime being in someone else's house just, like, really freaked me out. That is weird, Every yeah. creak and noise, I was like, what is that? And my first night there babysitting, the kids were angels. They were kids that I went to church with. And uh, I think I was 13, and there was this, I had just watched that horror movie, uh, Strangers or something, The Strangers, which is like, gosh, they're just going to kill this poor couple. Where they're in masks, and they like break into the house. and Yeah, they're just determined to kill these people, and there's no escape, whatever. So I was like really freaked out, and it was dark and whatever, and someone started banging on the door, and I was alone, and I'm just like, well, I'm not answering that. Shit, you know, the kids are asleep. So I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. And they just would not leave. And then they started banging on the window. And I was like, what the fuck? And then finally, the woman opened her mouth and was like, there's a fire in your backyard. And I was like, oh, shit. And there was. I don't know what happened. It was like some uh, paper in the backyard, like a paper bag was on fire Weird. back there. It was small. And I was able to just stomp it out. But I was like. I just yelled through the window. I'm like, thanks. I did not open the door still. I was convinced. I'm like, this is a setup. They just want me to open the door, and then they're going to grab me. I was even scared going to the backyard. I thought, what if there's someone back here? So, uh, yeah, that was me being the oldest person in the room, and I did not feel ready for it. Wow. That is intense. But, you know, it was all internal. Sure. No one knew I was terrified. Just psyching yourself out. Yeah. Because of the damn movie. Damn movie. It's the trauma-based entertainment. Yeah. Fucking your brain up. It sure did. That's funny. I I never actually babysat, but I did get, I took a class and got certified to do it while I was in high school. Or maybe right before high school. Sometime in there. Certified? 
Yeah, you can take a wow. little course and get like a certif- certification. Certification. That's official. One guy kept saying, oh my God. It was. It was official. Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to do it right and be safe and all that kind of stuff. Stay safe. Uh-huh. That uh, sound of pins crashing you heard was from Booberry. Who else? Boobs. Uh, 3333. Out of Podverse who said, oh, fuh. The Bitcoin 24 convention is in Nashville and ends one day before my 33rd birthday. Oh, fuck. <sighs> well, I know where I'm going to be. Yeah. Fucking shit up. Yeah. Fantastic. 33rd birthday shit, Fantastic. man. Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. They gave me the uh, shivers. That's very cool. Count me in. Same Z's. Uh, count this next caller in for being the oldest in this voicemail. Uh, that's the first time I was ever the old guy in the room. Oh, not exactly sure, but it happened a lot more frequently lately. <laughs> well, uh, I heard it's more frequent yeah. as time goes on. Not always the funnest thing to realize. I don't know. The odds increase. Sometimes it is when you, I don't know, there's like all the memes and everything out on the internet. You got a bunch of younger kids around you. None of them know those goddamn memes. You're like, really? <laughs> what do you Why do all day? Not wasting your life away on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm <laughs> typically the oldest guy there. I'm the oldest uh, in my building because there's like five buildings at my work. Uh-oh. In my building, I'm the oldest guy in there that has an office in there. So I'm the one that screams out the door, "Get off my lawn!" I've <laughs> 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 I would never do this, but uh, I'm the old guy that would come up to Lorian and be like, hey, uh, what you doing with your boob out there, honey? <laughs> Some offices. Around. Offices? What? <laughs> it's kind of weird that offices that he would say that. There's an office around here you can find. Yeah, the titty office. Where the, that the fuck is Buddy, it, by is the, the way? Is it a euphemism for something? <laughs> I guess your office right here. Oh, nah, Step nah, into in my bowl. office. In the bowl, in the bowl. Yeah, in the bowl. Ned. Oh my god. Fantastic. Well, Net Ned, you can still rock it. That's right. Hey, just as a number representing how many years you've been alive. You know, man, like. The significance of the passage of time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody's got to say it. Uh, it's true. It's true. Significance of the bowlers. Calling in, leave voicemails. We appreciate it. Uh, what are we going to talk about next week? Didn't you have something uh, pre-hatched? Oh, I was uh, typing some things down during the bowls with buds that we did. Right. Like, uh, first time I ever went on the internet. Oh, boy. And Pfeiffer, of course, pushed for the first time I ever peed during a podcast. Oh, that's or- right. That's been on the list for a while, and he's been eagerly awaiting. Yeah. Telling a story. Let's go that and then the internet. Okay. And that'll be the next two weeks. Then we don't have to think so hard. Should I say peed on a podcast? Uh, I think during is fine. During a podcast? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Because then that's the immediate interpretation. It's like we were doing something. And... Yeah, you weren't peeing on your but phone or your speaker. I, I like expansive rather than limiting uh, Yeah. wordage of the topic. So, yeah. Peed during a pod. Peed during a pod. <laughs> what? I was fucking with you. <laughs> Yeah, so next week we want to hear about the first time you ever peed during a podcast. All you have to do is call 816-607-3663 or text us. 
Yeah. Both work. They both work. Oh, and I'm I'm, I'm very uh, pleased with our being able to make our lane time right here. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. Get here before all the good lanes are taken. Look at this. This is nice. Skydiving. Sounds like a fun thing to do when you're 33. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Mm. Because a 33-year-old skydiver died after hitting a fucking tree during the landing sequence in Washington State. No me gusta. Yeah, by the time help arrived, he had already passed. Fuck. I know. So you just go ahead and cross skydiving off of the list of things to do when you're 33. I'll wait. I can wait a, wait a year. I'll, I'll wait a year. Yeah. I almost made my top three, but I was like, nah, that's a land story. Shit, even hot tubs and small aircraft, I think. Yeah, just give it a break. Mm-hmm. Rest up for that year of your life. <laughs> give up fentanyl-laced weed. I think there's a lot of things that we can give up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, uh, in India, uh, there was a food inspector hanging around, <laughs> hanging around, hanging around on his phone, taking a selfie. And he was standing by a dam, a reservoir, and uh, he dropped his phone. Like oh, a no. clumsy imbecile right into the water trying to take the selfie. Yeah, that's the story. Dropping a phone sucks, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right into the water. Hate especially. It. So anyways, he uh, found some local divers and asked them to jump in and get it, but no one could find it. And he just was really had to get this phone back because he said it contained sensitive government data being a food inspector. Okay. Taking a selfie on it, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. It sounds real important. Yeah. And it, it matters all of a sudden, doesn't it? Yeah. And so uh, no one was able to find it. So he ended up asking for the reservoir to be emptied oh using diesel pumps. And they did it. They listened to him and they did it. What? Two million liters of water pumped out, which is enough to irrigate at least 1,500 acres of land in a very dry, water-stressed India mm-hmm. over there. Um, and so he told the media that came around asking what was going on, oh, the water's unusable for irrigation, and I have permission to drain it. But no, uh, I don't believe he did. Whoa. He just told people what to do, and they listened to him. So uh, he got his phone back, though. Yeah, well. A little uh, him getting exactly what he wanted. But it wouldn't turn on because it was so waterlogged. He didn't have a bag of rice, I guess, around? In India? Psh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> There's just a, a certain point in time where I don't think the rice can save it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's like the 10-second rule. Yeah, something like that. Sort of. I mean, there was that one phone that did survive 33 days in the water. But I remember. Not this guy's, though. He had a different device, I guess. In North Carolina, a school district is pretty sure they're going to press charges after a senior prank was pulled. Uh-oh. Where students poured cement into toilets and urinals. Oh, man, that's a pain-in-the-ass prank. Yeah, $4,000 worth of damages they totaled up, 
And they're saying the seniors involved won't be able to participate in graduation. Oh, darn. And, right, oh, you're really missing out on sitting, waiting to walk across the stage. So much fun. <laughs> on repeat for an hour mm. and a half. Yeah. Any underclassmen involved will be suspended for the remainder of the year. Mm. So, I mean... School's out, it's summer, I guess, for them. Never stick your neck out for a senior prank that's not even your class. That's just uh, day one shit, yeah. my man. I've never heard of that. Come on, dude. So Save yeah. it for the end when you're really done. This superintendent uh, came out with her tits out just saying, hey, we have a zero-tolerance approach here to misbehavior. So, She's got uh, big boobs, doesn't she? Yes! I knew it! Yeah, I guess there was uh, quite a few senior pranks that happened because... They mentioned in this article that janitors had to clean up overturned desks and lockers that were all messed up and everybody does eggs, the uh, trash. Everybody does the super glue the desk to the ground thing. I feel like that's a pretty common one. Uh because it's cheap and easy, you know. Yeah, pretty sure my class just filled the hallways with balloons. There was a definitely not my idea. Kid in my class who did that a lot to a teacher who was like in habitual room rearranging mode like she'd try to rearrange the room like every oh, let's put our desks in a circle two or three weeks you know yeah different different seating arrangement and chart like just mix it up all the time oh we're facing this way now <laughs> Ugh. yeah he glued a desk to the ground she couldn't rearrange it it was a thing nice mm-hmm. that's what you get <laughs> <laughs> yeah your rearrangerist she stress drank like two got diet cokes In about 20 seconds. Yuck. That's annoying to other classrooms, you know, rearranging the desks. It's noisy. (laughs) Some people drag them. Mm. Yeah. Desk draggers. What are you doing? It's not that heavy here. Let me pick it up for you. Seriously. And carry it. Well, guy flew into the Miami airport. No way. Walking around. Yeah. Uh, And uh, it's heard some... uh, Weird noises coming from his carry-on. Uh-oh. So I guess he couldn't get away from airport officials. They were like, hey, what's going on with your carry-on? Why is your carry-on bag there making noise? <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, just I just got some eggs in here. Oh, eggs? Let us take a look at that. His carry-on bag was actually a sophisticated temperature-controlled cooler, and he had with him 29 eggs from uh, Central America, where he had visited. Oh, boy. And he was planning to take them with him back to Taiwan. The noise they were hearing was a bird that had hatched. Yeah, little Amazon parrot. Oh. And so you can't do that. Right. Because, uh, you know, he didn't have documentation to transport the yeah, birds. And so didn't. it's smuggling. And uh, in the United States, where he got caught... You can face up to 20 years in prison for that shit. Uh, so the eggs were given to, you know, like a humane society uh, that could care for them. And 26 of the 29 hatched, and 24 of those 26 chicks survived. So that's pretty good. Um, they were yellow-naped and red lord Amazon parrots, which can live over 70 years. So now they're tasked with finding homes for them. If you want a uh, an heirloom parrot, check that out in Miami. <laughs> I grew up with 
a white fronted Amazon parrot bandit. Yep. And he is still alive. And he will still be alive when my great grandma finally passes. And uh, he'll be alive for quite a while, I believe. Because hmm. he's psh, like, let's so see. So you're saying on a long enough timeline, we get a parrot. Mm-hmm, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. I think they got him in the 80s and he was a little baby. So hmm. oh, I don't know. It could be, the, the end could be near. He's probably got another 10 or 20 in him, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, well, just another decade or so. Damn. I don't think he'd survive the trip from the East Coast to the Midwest. Birds are sensitive. I don't know nothing about having them. He was cool. Said words, saying, we'll come sit on your finger and stuff. Loves peanuts. He always said, Bandit wants a peanut. But never mind that. If you want a parrot of your own, you know, check out Miami. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there was another 33 story this week. No shit. Yeah, this one, um, I can't. It might have been C. Brooklyn. I can't remember who uh, put it on my radar first. But um, (laughs) you ever feel like airplanes are kind of stuffy? Always. Yeah. Doesn't that make you just like want to open the door for some fucking breathing room? Yeah. Maybe like hang a leg out or something. It would be nice if there was like a window you could crack open. Sure. Not. Because of course that's not how planes work. Yeah. So what happened was... It was uh, the Asiana Airlines, and a 33-year-old decided to open the emergency door when they were three minutes away from landing. Oh, man. Which was kind of good, because everyone had their seatbelts on, and the pressure outside was pretty similar to the pressure inside the cabin. Sure. So it wasn't like seats were just getting sucked out the window (laughs) or anything. It wasn't like snakes on a plane. No, or lost or anything like that. (laughs) The escape slide deployed, though, because the door was open and then was ripped away by the wind because you're up in the air. That's such a comical uh, image. Yeah. Someone took a video of the dude sitting by that emergency door, just like grinning and bearing it, just, you know, like hanging on to their seats, hoping they don't get sucked out. (laughs) We're in it now. (laughs) Thanks, dude. And uh, they were able to land safely. But nine teenagers were sent to the hospital with breathing issues. Okay. I thought it was interesting they were all teenagers. That was a point in all these articles. Nine teenagers. Hmm. Hmm. I guess the older folks have better lungs. Yeah. Something wrong with these young kids in their lungs. Stronger intestinal fortitude, maybe. (laughs) Perhaps, yeah. Most likely. Um, And so the 33-year-old guy was taken into custody by the police, and they're investigating... Any and all violations of aviation safety laws. But the transport ministry of South Korea is looking into whether Asiana Airlines followed their protocols to manage the emergency exit. And uh, they're claiming that the flight staff should have stopped him and that the airline will likely take responsibility for this. Huh. Yeah. That seems a little unreasonable. Yeah. So if you're on an Asian airline, go ahead. Open the door. It's on the staff to stop you. Yeah, they won't even... Uh, you won't Not even, legal advice. Won't even die, probably. <laughs> well, you have to wait till you're in landing mode. You might have breathing issues if you're in your teens, though. That's right. So, there's that to consider. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not. And you're probably good. You've yeah. got the intestinal fortitude to do it. And strong lungs. <laughs> Very strong lungs around here. Um, Venice. Their Grand Canal turned fluorescent green this past week. 
Just a small section of it. But what is up with that? No one knew. So, you know, some of public officials had to come in and take samples of the water. And they ruled out dangerous substances that could hurt the environment. So that's good. Um, and then this went on a couple days. I feel like this story came out Wednesday right after the bowl. I was like, damn, the pictures are crazy. I mean, it was like a bright neon chartreuse. Hmm. And finally, they got a test back to figure out what it was. Uh, a substance, a powder called fluorescin, which is a tracer that dilutes in water to detect proper functioning of a sewage system. <laughs> How did it get in the canal? Don't know. But it's not dangerous for the aquatic environment, so they say. Oh, yeah. Nothing and, to worry uh, about. Nothing to worry about here, slaves. <laughs> Seems cool. Yeah. Bright green. That's all good. Uh, they claim that it'll dissolve after a few days. It's been a week, though. Mm. Yeah. A um, few days from, from the end of the week. Of course, yeah. But, you know, that, of course, also depends on how much of this powder was used. I guess that's true, yeah. So. It's not the first time that Venice has seen bright green water, though. There was an incident in 1968 where an Argentinian artist uh, used some fluorescent dye to, gr uh, you know, color the Grand Canal in the name of uh, ecological awareness. Hmm. Interesting moves. Yeah. Interesting stunt. Kind of like this next character. Uh-oh. 72-year-old... OBGYN and a guy. Typical. It always weirds me out. You're a vagina expert, but you don't have a vagina. Vagina. Mm. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> he got slapped with a lawsuit in 2021 by one of his patient's daughters because she found out that she was biologically his child, even though when he helped the patient conceive, he told her that the sperm he was giving her came from a local medical student. What? It's what? Kinda, I feel like that's one of those uh, always tell the truth even when you lie. Because, of course, once upon a time, he was a medical student. Sure. And Locally. local. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he had a night class. He was just doing some uh, continuing education. Oh, now, now. Technically not a lie. Yeah. So. That's, that is, uh, forgive me, but. There is a certain inherent risk in just taking a cup of mystery sperm and jamming it up inside you, is there not? There definitely is. There's just sort of an inherent risk in doing that. You have to put trust into, yeah, whoever's handing you the cup, yeah. that it comes from where they say it comes from, and psh, I just don't have that much trust within me. Straight from the cock. That's the trustless system right there. Exactly. Layer one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is how you know. But uh, this lady, she did some... You know, DNA tests and genealogy. You found out she has at least nine half-siblings. Oh, God, he's been so, at it. <laughs> yes. Dude has been busy. Jizzing in cups, giving them to ladies. She's not and my special lady. She's my lady friend, man. I'm just trying to help her conceive. That's right. He, he did help. <laughs> I mean, it worked. At least a few women conceive. Yeah. Nine times. It worked. But something interesting happened. So he got hit with this lawsuit in 2021, and not much got followed up upon it or whatever. Mm -hmm. This past weekend, he decided to be a passenger in a hand-built plane. That's how they're billing it. So Whitman W5 Buttercup. And during the flight, the wings fell off. 
Oh, God. And it crashed into an orchard, and he died. Man, we got here, got the best lane, but these balls just don't seem to be hitting. I don't think the lane is properly oiled. I think that someone needs to call the front desk. Uh, can we get a refund on this lane, on this bowling time? Shit, we own this place. That's <laughs> our fucking responsibility. God damn it. <laughs> and we just need to fire somebody, I guess. I'm out. Not again. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine visiting your parents during college. It's already horrible. But you go out to dinner with them one night, and uh, you really enjoy photography. And you've just invested over $3,000 into a camera and lenses. Okay. So you're bringing it with you everywhere. Sure. Because that's a hell of an investment. Yeah, you got to take some pictures, man. Nice ones. Yeah. Yeah. But then you go out to eat. And, you know, maybe you're not taking pictures, and you don't want the camera to get messy. Sure. So you got to leave it in the car, okay. which is kind of dangerous. Sure. I know we like staying dangerous here. So maybe you decide to hide it in the car, right? Right. Like put it under something? Mm-hmm. Well, this college student had this situation come up, and she saw a cardboard box in the back seat of her mom's car. And she's like, well, I'll just stuff it in this cardboard box. Oh, no. And they go out to dinner, and everything's fine. She goes home with them, goes to bed, forgot to take the camera out of the box and into the house. And so the next day, she's like, oh, I should go get that out of the car. Box is gone. Let me guess. Was it the donation box to the thrift store? It was indeed. Oh my god, no. I have nightmares of that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and no. so her mom was like, well, quick, we maybe we can get it before they shelf it, you know? Uh, they got to the thrift store, and it was within three hours of being donated, but it had already sold for $70. Oh my god. Yeah. I bet uh, whoever bought it was just absolutely elated. Oh, definitely. They're probably walking out the door going, Stupid! You're so stupid! Most indeed. So this girl, she's 23. She got on social media and offered a $500 reward for the return of that camera. Okay. And... You know, it got shared enough times that the couple who bought it saw it and was like, oh, we got to bring this girl her camera back, you know? And they did. Uh, And they told her, like, we don't have the money for a professional camera like this. We couldn't pass it up. Totally, yeah. So You'd be um, a fool not to buy that for 70. That's the whole point of going to thrift stores is, like, maybe one day you'll strike something like that. Exactly. But sadly, they did wipe her SD card. Ah, well, small price to pay. Uh, Imagine buying the camera with an SD card in it. Man, everything's taken care of. Charger in the case, lenses, 70 bucks. Fuck. All these nudes on here already? Crazy. Oh, now, now. (laughs) Um, But she, uh, you know, she shared the story. And so the camera maker is actually going to gift that couple the same model camera. Oh, how touching. For their good deed. So that that was nice. And this girl says she's bringing her SD card to a forensic specialist to see if she can potentially recover what was on it. Yeah. A lot of times you can, even if it's been wiped. Yeah, I suppose uh, there's a chance. I've had to do that a couple times. Recover from uh, a wiped SD card? Yeah, like Oof. 
damaged or broken drives or deleted shit. Successfully? Most times, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Sometimes it's just too gone, but most times there's at least something remaining. You can get like a shitty version of the file back. Yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a crazy lawsuit going on that started in April 2023. Do you remember that huge, uh, it was like a $2 billion Powerball November 2022? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a winner out of California by the name of Edwin, Edwin Castro. And after taxes, he took home $628 million. But in April, he was hit with a lawsuit saying that he stole that winning ticket. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Drama abounds around the lottery ticket thing. Oh, it's a lot of money at stake. No doubt. Uh, Life-changing. Yeah, (laughs) target-creating. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This lawsuit came from a man by the name of Jose Rivera, and he had a trail going on before the lawsuit, though. He had reported a theft of his lottery ticket to the police and the California lottery, uh, but was ignored. So he hired an attorney and started this lawsuit uh, saying that, you know, store surveillance will prove that he's the one that bought the winning ticket. Um, Now, Edwin Castro thinks he can just kind of dismiss this whole case because he wasn't properly served the papers related to the lawsuit. It seems that Mr. Rivera's attorney mistakenly sued and served Edwin's dad who has the same name but a different middle initial. Whoops. Yeah, big ouchie. But this week, the story came out that uh, Jose Rivera's landlord, who goes by the name of Reggie, uh, he's the one that's been accused of stealing the ticket and then selling it, which why would you sell the winning ticket? Don't know. Uh, But he came out and says, yeah, Jose Rivera did have the winning ticket, and he showed me, and I can vouch for him. I actually have a video of him going through my room looking for it after accusing me of stealing it. Hmm. Um, and so Rivera said that uh, Reggie had told him the ticket was a loser and they could uh, split the winnings 50-50 if he found it, which is like two you know contradictory points right. to make. So this guy's all over the place. And I understand why you would be frantically freaking upset if you had a two billion dollar winning ticket that disappeared and went to a guy you have no idea who he is um now when i call this guy landlord i guess that rivera is a gardener who was kind of down on his luck and reggie was like hey you can stay in a bedroom in my house so he just took him in i don't know if there was rent being charged or what uh but you know i guess he was just trying to help him out and he also said that he remembered Rivera explaining the significance of the numbers that he chose, the winning numbers, which, of course, were 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. I'm totally joking. Of course. <laughs> it was uh, 10, 33, 41, 47, 56 with a parable of 10. Yeah, because, and he remembered it because he asked, why did you choose 10 twice? And Rivera said, well, that was the date that both parents died. Both of his parents died on a 10th. Hmm. 47 was his age. And 56, because his dad always wanted a 1956 Chevy truck. 
But there was no explanation for the 33, which bums me out, or the 41. So He was one shy of the 42. I know. I know. But yeah, um, I don't know. Rivera says that Reggie just grabbed the ticket from a table, but then it seems there's other stories here where like he had a friend over that night who accidentally took his pants to work the next morning, grabbed the wrong pants. Gay. <laughs> Oops. And then, oh yeah, you're winning lottery tickets in there. And that friend that's mentioned in this lawsuit also has a connection to the Castro family. That's a coincidence, the guy man. That that's, that's got the winning ticket. It's so. the same reason I'm broke. Oh, what do you know? Left my winning lottery ticket in my other pants. Yeah. And since the guy's a gardener, I mean, there's also a dangerous chance it could have just fallen out of his pocket, right? I guess so, man. But I only got one thing to say to that. Dude. 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 <laughs> California lottery. Oof. Always with the drama over there. Yeah. Well, I guess Powerball is like 38 states or whatever, right? I don't Some, know. Consult something. the book of knowledge. It's here. It's here. I know for sure. Dude. The Powerball. Apparently, we're going to watch the Powerball. 45 states. Wow. Plus D.C., plus Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Damn. But not 50 state legal. Not Nevada, Utah, Alabama, Alaska, or Hawaii. Hmm. Interesting. The more you know. Yeah, weirdness. And my final story from the lanes. Uh, It's about another lawsuit. A guy by the name of Roberto Mata sued Avianca Airlines. Probably butchering on name, Avianca. I don't know. He said that he was injured by a serving cart while flying in 2019 Oof. and blames negligence by an employee. So he hired an attorney out of New York by the name of Stephen Schwartz, who's been licensed for over three decades. And, uh, well, you know, he submitted his... Uh, research for court and it turns out that at least six of the cases mentioned in this brief were bogus just totally made up now how could that happen how could a lawyer just make up sources yeah how could someone lie like that they this lawyer Consulted chat GPT. Oh my god. Yeah, tried to have the AI do the work for him. And so now the court is presented with an unprecedented circumstance. You know, the attorney says, Well, I've never used chat GPT before, and I didn't know that it could give false, totally made up answers. I uh, thought it was right. I thought it was AI was always right. Yeah. So he did accept responsibility for not confirming those sources and now faces a sanctions hearing on June 8th. Did he really think they finally made the magical computer that just answers all the questions correctly? A licensed attorney for three decades. Holy really Christ, thought dude. Yeah. Yep. And um, so... He consulted ChatGPT again and asked if one of the cases mentioned there was a weird name. It was like Voorhees versus China Airlines or something. He asked ChatGPT, is this a real case? And ChatGPT doubled down saying, yes, it is a real case. So then he asked it for the source. And the AI said, oh, you can find it on Westlaw and LexisNexis. Just totally lying. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's Big just, oofs. it's not built that way, you know? 
Yeah. Imagine trusting technology. That's the biggest part of why you motherfuckers are, uh, what did he say? Shit talking AI. Yeah. It's not even the AI itself or the technology itself. It's just how people talk about, think about, and use it. It's all the misperceptions that people have that just makes it so annoying. Yeah. It's the overhype, the overtrust, the overfear. Like, all three of those are the wrong thing to do with uh, ChatGPT. Hype it, trust it, or fear it. That's all. That's all. Simple as. I have no problem with the technology itself. Yeah, exactly. It's just everyone else uh, chuffing about it that's uh, kind of foolish. Or, you know, lawyering with it, I guess. Yeah, she's. Next thing you know, there'll be like some horrible surgery case where doctors just like, oh, I don't know. The the, the bot told me to chop it off. Giant by taste at the mic on Sergeant Her. Oh, well, I guess we'll sue the robot. Then you're off the off the hook. Just kidding. <sighs> well, you're off the hook now, bowlers. So we're about wrapping up this bowl. You'll have to find something else to do or listen to, I guess. Of course, we'll be back at it next Tuesday and every Tuesday. Coming up on your calendar. So meet us back here a week from now. Stream.bowlafterbowl.com We're on the No Agenda stream after DHM Plug wraps up. Till then, you know I will always remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I will always be your delicious Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. and bowls and bowls you're listening to bowl after bowl with Lauren 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 and Spencer Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean bowl after bowl yeah, fuck it dude let's go bowl that's a dumb place to keep bowls bowlafterbowl.com Fiend.